0: we got our work cut out for us, because uh, you always just want to make it better than the last time, so. And last night the floor, when the stage started shaking, everything started shaking, it scared the pants off us, but. Uh, but now we know it's okay, so. Uh, we want to make it happen again, so. Embrace it.
1: And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr.
2: Stone Gossett.
0: Fucking camera in the dark.
2: Mr. Boom Gaspar
0: You can call me L. You can call me Ed. You just, just fucking call me, won't you?
1: hello everybody once again welcome to the live on four legs podcast the live pearl jam podcast experience randy sobel here matt helbig there uh and we got another show for you today if you've been following along in our show catalog you've noticed that uh there's been a trend every month and the trend every month has uh has leaned towards doing a lot of msg shows and that there's a reason for that it's because we are we're doing one msg show from per month uh in a whole entire series we're going to do all 10 this year so we're in the middle of it we're the fourth show this is a, a good one because you were there
3: i was yeah little 6 15 16 year old matt uh i remembered a lot more than i thought i would So that's good took me a couple listens but it's it sparked some memories
1: and this is your first this wasn't your first show but this was your first show that like you have a visual memorization yeah about
3: yeah i think it was my second pearl jam show
1: you uh, according to lore and we have no we have no idea whether this is true or not It, it has just been passed down between Steve and you and tried to be decided upon, uh, but you went to one of the Jones Beach shows. Yeah, so in two thousand, you had no idea. It's it's confirmed
3: that I went. We just don't know which one. <laughs>
1: I can't I can't believe you can't remember something like that.
3: Uh, that wasn't where my mind was at the time. A, a, but a, a show was a show. It had nothing to do with whether it was if if it was Pearl Jam or if. Uh, John Bonham came back from the dead and played a reunion show with Led Zeppelin. It was that that wasn't really my mindset back then.
1: But I I I went to so many different shows, you know, back then and, you know, and beyond. And I feel like I remember I remember everyone I've seen in every situation. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but like give me a memory and i'll i'll be like or bring up a band name i'll be like oh yeah i've I've actually seen them before
3: yeah yeah i mean i i absolutely remember going but if you know if you ask me if it was a tuesday wednesday or thursday uh you know and if i if i remember if they did you know grievance which they might have done all three nights then i'm not <laughs> good, i'm not going to be able to narrow it down unfortunately but uh you know there there are there are ones that stick out and and ones that get a little fuzzy, and that one's a little fuzzy, so I, I can't. But
1: you don't have any like visual memory of them being on stage and you watching them. Oh no, whether or not you remember the
3: set, I absolutely remember being there. That's how I know. I was okay, there. yeah, oh, definitely, okay. definitely. That. All right, just,
1: that's that's what I wanted to make sure because, yeah, like, yeah. in my mind, the only shows that I don't remember are the ones that I went to when I was real, real, real young, like six, yeah. seven years old. Even like seven-year-old shows, I, I feel like I remember. I saw The Eagles once, mm-hmm. and I rem- I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was a little older. Maybe I was like 10, but uh, I, re- I remember that.
3: Yeah, like uh, I, I remember seeing – I was on the floor for R.E.M. in like 95, 96. Like I remember that, but, you know, I, just, anything outside of, of the memory of just being – small enough to where i had to stand on my seat to see over people it's a little fuzzy but i remember being at places it's just uh the details can get a little fuzzy but this one you know uh, literally the first song right off the bat is something that i would never forget so that's why this one i think holds a little bit more uh more of a place in my heart than uh, maybe any other pearl jam show but i will i will uh preface by saying uh, I'm going to try not to let my, my bias or my, my, my being there, uh, change my rating or the way I feel about it in the slightest, because there is still stuff that I don't remember from the show. So I have to go from the, the performance. I have to go by the set list. I have to go, I have to go by that. There are things that I'm, I'm going to talk about that I do remember that did, uh, you know, make an impact on me, but. I have to be fair too. I have to say, you know, well, maybe this song didn't sound that good. Not, I was there. It was MSG. It's a ten. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try really hard not to do that.
1: I don't expect you to do that, especially you. You know, you're you're way more critical with things than I than I am. But I definitely, you know, I I think I've done it on the show before, where I've given a show that I went to. I gave it like a six or a seven. Well, so I, I feel if it, I feel like. It,
3: we've been to shows where they've been absolutely the best show we've ever seen we've been to shows that were oh that was okay and then we've been to shows that weren't that good but i feel like regardless of the band whether it be pearl jam whether it be i don't know uh, the descendants who whoever you know whoever you might (laughs) have seen back then it could be a, a crap show or a good show but The whole point of going to see a live band is that there is going to be something somewhere there that you could take away from as a good memory so even if the show sucked i would probably still have some good memories so um it's tough to separate that and it's tough to say uh oh this is a six and not a ten uh but you know every show has a good, a good and a bad and even bad shows have good parts. So you just have to, I don't know, you have to be kind of realistic about these things. Sometimes, you know, you can't just rate it a, a 10 because you have great memories. Um, you know, some of our guests sometimes say the memory is a 10, but the performance is a seven. Like that's very respectable. And I, I agree I, with that.
1: Completely. I, I, I think that, I think that every time that we get that, it's people trying to, uh, sort of, I don't, I don't know like not not fanboy out a little bit. I don't, I don't know if I'm right by that.
3: Well, no, I think you are. You know what I, you know what I mean? I, I do and then and as we, we were discussing before we hit record was that members, uh, not members, um, guests through their memories sometimes show us a, a different side of a show that we might not have liked listening to it and it, as you talk about it and you you hear stories it changes your mind and we both have said that you know we will start out with a rating that we think is a nine and we talk it out and we're like ah, eh, no, that was more of like a six and then we'll have a guest on and i'm like yeah this shows a five and then you hear these great stories and you hear these things about these songs and you start talking about it you're like no that shows an eight so i i think that all ties in too
1: you're in a weird position on this one because you're not only have to convince me and convince me that it should be higher than what I think it is. But you have to convince yourself because you're right. in this weird position where it's it's not, you know, it, A, it's not fresh in your head, and B, you don't. You said it a couple of times. You don't have uh, the memories. You're treating this almost as a little bit like you treat any other show that, that we've covered. But again, some of these memories do spurn up and, and right. it's at a time where sixteen years old you're you know, you're gonna be you're gonna remember stuff and, and you're gonna remember mm-hmm. things fondly. So
3: Well there's this there's this overwhelming fear where there are moments of the show, like I said, that have stuck with me for a long time. And then some parts that are fuzzy. You know, there, there's some songs that are very good in here, but they're not songs that you uh, take away as a wow moment in 2003 or, you know, while you're really starting to go to live shows. So there's this fear listening back to it, thinking maybe this show that I've thought about for a long time isn't isn't what I remember it, and am I not going to like it now? So... That was definitely weighing on my mind when I listened to this show, but i i we'll get into it i i I think I'm good to go <laughs>
1: okay now here's what I'm curious about. do you remember like the whole process i mean this stuff is like probably the least that you would remember but like you know going into the city and and the day and you know and and the build up and probably your brother asking you to go and and all that kind of stuff oh and and yeah. you're also uh it's the randy palooza hangover let's let's not forget that let's not bury the lead
3: that's true so you know you're you're coming off of that uh which which will really kick anyone's ass you know but yeah, you know, Steve back then had had a few friends that were really into Pearl Jam, and uh, you know, I, I he had a choice of people to go with, and I, I doubt we took a train. Uh, Steve might like this. There, I'm guessing more than likely we took in the the Chevy Cavalier, as he called it. It was his, <laughs> his uh, four door silver Chevy Cavalier, uh, manual transmission that he hated. Uh, he, Oh, you're doing manual into
1: the city. Oh
3: yeah. Steve did manual all the time, but he, uh, you know, he took me into the city all the time. He'd moved me into college and this is before that, but I'm pretty sure that's probably how we got in there. And, uh, and, you know, driving into the city, that was, that was something new. That was cool. Um, if, if, if I'm remembering correctly, we were on like stone side, but you know, up a level, like in the, you know, the bowl type area. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like we've sat at a lot for Pearl Jam shows. I feel like I've seen most shows in that section in Madison Square right. Garden. Yeah, it's like that it seems to be the easiest section to get. That's like not totally shitty seats, but also somewhat affordable if you uh, <laughs> if you're buying right. a ticket masters. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, you know, I you know, I'm I'm sure there was anticipation of just being able to go into the city with you know my older brother and see Pearl Jam, and of it course, makes you feel like an adult of First course of all, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... and back then you know 2003 i was i mean i was fascinated with riot act so yeah there's a there's a lot of buildup i'm sure um and i try to remember it more now because now i'm left with really fuzzy memories that i wish i had so it's important to take all this stuff in and really try to try to remember it not just with Pearl Jam, I'm saying just with anything with, with live shows, with seeing bands, with traveling around. Really, really try to commit some of this stuff to memory, people, because it's it's important to have these. They're they're good times and and then one day you have to do a podcast about it and you're <laughs> really trying to reach back into your mind to remember.
1: It's hard. It's hard. It's difficult. Even when we had to remember about the show that we saw, you know, a few days before recording, it, it was hard.
3: Yeah. Well, that uh, was I think that was different, too. It was it was almost so fresh in our memory that we had to compile our thoughts and yeah, try, try not to miss anything. You know, right. It kind of worked the other way.
1: It was, The hardest part about that was trying to remember everybody that we met that day. That was <laughs> yeah. impossible. But, uh, you know, it's easy, sometimes easy to remember a show now because, you know, especially the last one that you went to because it doesn't blend in. I think what happens is if this was maybe the last time that you saw Pearl Jam, or maybe if you've seen them one other time, maybe these two shows that we talked about, that Jones Beach show and this show that we're covering tonight, uh, maybe those would be more fresh in your memory. Maybe you'd have more of a memory. But since then, you've been to like 10, 13 shows, whatever it has been. And... uh, and you know, so those shows kind of take over your memory of seeing Pearl Jam because they're more recent.
3: I guess you could say it's a blessing and a curse that they frequent our corner of the sky Yeah, because
1: I'll, I'll take the
3: I'll take the curse. I'll take not remembering some shows over over not seeing them as often. <laughs> you
1: can, see them you can always get the memory back. You can always yeah, kind of trace, which, back, I did, w- which I did, which I
3: did here, so.
1: You can't go back in time
3: to see a show
1: to take the DeLorean to see a show. Right. Exactly. You can't do that. (laughs) So, um, all right, let's, let's kick it off. This is something to start with. I feel like ever since we've been talking about this band, you've talked about this moment and you've talked about this song in this spot and how great it was. And I've always said that, I just didn't think it worked. I I never <laughs> like why would they do that there? It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. And whenever we went to shows, you always said that you wanted them to open with this, and I said you're insane. Why would they do that? This is an uh, encore I remember, song. Randy, I
3: I don't think you're alone in thinking that.
1: No, why why would I be? Because at the at the time, it's not like I was studying setlists, so I had never seen Crazy Mary as an opener before. And even, you know, when you go and and you you research this stuff, this is the second time out of two that it was used as an opener. It was only Mm -hmm. done twice. So, like, a really, not just unique, but this was completely rare and out of the blue.
3: I think you're more likely to get something like this in 2003 at a night two. I think the stars aligned for it. Because um, you know they have their rotation now of openers, and and you could get a pretty rare song, but it's not it's not so unbelievable to have them open with it. This is like how we've talked with how certain songs really fit in a time period. I think Crazy Mary as an opener in two thousand three on a night two, it was the perfect storm to be honest.
1: And you know what what's crazy about this is that they played Crazy Mary night one. So you would think that they would kind of maybe think about changing it up and say, all right, well, they got Crazy Mary last night. Why not do something completely different tonight and leave that off? Because I I didn't count the songs, but uh, there are a couple. There are like six or seven that were played both nights. Mm -hmm. And out of the six or seven, Crazy Mary doesn't seem... Usually, it wouldn't be one to be played twice. And I think this is an exception to this rule because I think it's a different song when you hear it as an opener compared to when you hear it in the encore. I think you'd agree with me. uh,
3: Absolutely. It's, um, it's a little jarring to be honest. And, and as you said, like you really have to kind of wrap your mind around thinking about hearing it as an opener and you know just a little bit of the backstory why i remember it so much is because honestly when they opened with this i had no idea what this was i said this must be a a song maybe a b-side is it an is it an is there an album i'm unaware of i was like i said i was really into riot act uh, at the time i knew a lot of the singles and what steve had showed me but I wasn't, you know, a super fan that knew every album back to front and I'm like I don't I don't know this song, but it's like it's a song that gets under your skin and by uh you know uh to the house of Mary part before the last chorus when it really gets down to that last line before um he gets back into the pre-chorus there there's like this one beat not even a measure where you could hear a pin drop in Madison square garden. And that part is really eerie and it's really creepy. And it's kind of honestly a scary part of the song. You get this hard visual in your head. He paints the picture and I'm standing there with my jaw on the floor. I mean, to, to, to say this hit me in a way that I had never been hit before is an understatement. And that's why I think I have, um, rallied for this (laughs) as an opener again because when you see it uh there there might be a few times in the show where i tell people to fight me on something this works (laughs) it's incredible and fight me on it
1: all right for them to fight you i think they have to listen to it first i think uh you know Just kind of give them that whole open and, you know, hear the crowd and the roar and the beginning to this and sort of, then we'll kind of get into another topic of conversation uh, that kind of, you know, relates to this being an opener. So uh, here it is. This is Matt's favorite. Crazy Mary to open up MSG Night 2 2003.
0: Don't occur in the road
2: An old tar paper shine On the south side of the town On the wrong side of the tracks Sometimes on the way into town We say, mother, can we stop and give a ride?
0: Sometimes we
2: did, but her hands flew from her side Wild I crazy down along the road past the parsons place, the old blue car we used to race a little car Signs act to the side Said no L-O-R-T-E-R-I-N-G-A loud Underneath that sign congregated
0: Quite a crowd
1: Um, Last week we had Inside Job As the opener and that was something Very rarely done and this is Kind of in the same boat However I think that with Inside Job, the emotion rang so high that after the song was over, you didn't. And I said this last week, you didn't. It didn't feel like you wanted more. It felt like you needed a break. Like you were. It was so powerful that you wanted to go into something really lighthearted. And this version of Crazy Mary was so much different because I feel. Like, although it had emotion, although it sounded really good, it's always more of a jam song. And I feel like this prepared you for the show better than we saw Inside Job do last week. And I compare the two because they're both encore songs, usually, and they're very, very rare openers.
2: Yeah,
3: I I could agree. But I might have to disagree here a little bit, even though this is. You know something that I've remembered my whole life since seeing it. Like in all honesty, I don't think it's really like that amazing of a performance of Crazy Mary. I think the performance is is pretty good, but it's it's not even like a terrific performance. I think what does it for me though is just having this boom solo first song, and that'll do it.
1: <laughs> that is know, sort of insane. You like it's
3: yeah. I mean he's he's up there. Uh, immediately and yeah I mean I'm not going to say this is the best performance of Crazy Mary I'm not going to say I love it as an opener and, and this is the be all end all version because it really is kind of far from it I mean it's gotten much better we've heard much better it's just the it's the idea it's the,
1: but it's, it's important the because of- it means something to you
3: exactly yeah
1: I've been saying that for fucking weeks and you've been disagreeing with me uh, well, no, what, mm. I've been dis- what
3: I've been disagreeing with is is categorizing certain things as legendary. <sighs> that's well, what I can disagree with. Like, when, when people wanted breath and stuff like that, yeah, sure, that means a lot. I don't particularly like the song, but hell, if that was a high point for you, that's great because you rallied for it and they, they took your request, that's But great. it's that
1: emotion. It's that emotion, and I think it becomes yeah. legendary because so many people shared that emotion not just in that moment but afterwards as well and i'm I'm just trying to see if you can see that side now that you you know we finally got some emotion out of you for a song and and not i
3: i i did agree to that what i didn't agree with is is you know romanticizing first first time appearances of songs or or stuff like that like um immortality you know i thought that performance was just okay and you know i it didn't sound like the crowd really reacted to it as much as as you know you would hope and i i still disagree on that performance being uh being um legendary so and even even i mean i'm going to backtrack to this this time period MSG night 1 live at the garden the dvd it's on dvd but it is it was run of the mill to me i I did not find it legendary at all, so but if people did, that's fine i I do get that, and i'm I'm sure people will disagree uh with my emotion over Crazy Mary being an opener because I'm sure people just will not get it at all and they'll disagree with it, and I agree with that because I disagree with people's feelings sometimes too. Um, I guess i just i don't know I'm, I'm I think I'm a little too cynical sometimes.
1: I think most people that have podcasts end up being cynical. <laughs> and it's always you have to find the bright side of things. And you have to sort of see a perspective. But I'm, I'm glad that it's sort of a breakthrough here. We saw some emotional perspective from you where you were able to say, maybe this wasn't the best performance, but I had an emotional attachment to it. That's that's what people the emotional attachment is to the garden dvd the emotional attachment is to breath and and you know them taking the request from the fans that were begging for it the emotional attachment is to immortality and uh you know being right after kurt died it being a version that had different lyrics that was never played again until the boston version that was really recent um and all of that comes back around and, and you know while you know this version of Crazy Mary isn't a version that a lot of people are going to have emotional attachment to. It's not as you know in Pearl Jam lore uh, broken down that way, because you have an emotional attachment to it, I feel like you should be able to understand everybody's emotional attachment to, to the bigger to, to the bigger things that you might not have that attachment to.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll always agree with people's emotional attachment, but I and I think this one is more frustration as in why the fuck won't you do this again? And yeah, and not it's not the performance really because like I said I didn't I was I was taken in by it because I there was this song I didn't know and then I've come to really like it, actually I've come to really love it especially live. But yeah, I mean this performance isn't I wouldn't say this is personally a legendary performance for me because it's it's just okay. For me it's it's long run. It uh I've gotten to like it more and and now I'm frustrated that they, they just try it again, guys, just try it one more time when I'm there. Don't do it when I'm not there. Do it when I'm there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, if you're touring again, um I mean they still do it all the
3: time. I don't think it's completely of course, I think, out of out of like out of the grasp here. Oh, it's, I, it's you know it's, they it's grasping at straws, but
1: Look, there's so many things that you know that they stick to. They yeah, they they pull out surprises every now and again. Uh e- even more than now and again. Maybe every show that they're one or two one or two surprises at, but um you know, I feel like Crazy Mary is just so appreciative in that spot where people can you know uh get the bottle of wine pass it around and right. it's kind of like you know getting closer to the end of the night it's kind of the third quarter and people are still really digging it and really you know feeling the vibe of the show um and it's sort of fit into that spot and where i don't know if they can recreate this magic again unfortunately this right. might be This might just be sitting in two thousand three forever.
3: Who knows? Maybe it belongs there. And before we move on, just to clarify, yes, this was great. I had an emotional attachment to this, but even though it was only the second time at a two times played as an opener, I will say this is not a legendary moment. I will find one soon. (laughs) I will. I'm not saying that I that I'll never find a legendary moment, but as you could tell, even something as memorable as this that has stuck with me for all these years, I still can't place it there. It was awesome, and I want it again. I'm picky. I'm picky.
1: <laughs> I agree with you. I don't think it was a legendary moment, but I think no. that—
3: It was going. cool, it was cool as hell. We'll yeah. we say that,
1: yeah. Going back and seeing that it's been done only twice, you know, in places like Philadelphia and New York, it's definitely an interesting moment.
3: Just another perk of living in New York, right?
1: Uh, East we Coast, get, We get the best you.
3: stuff, man. We get the we best stuff. sure do. Stuff. <laughs>
1: That's all right. Um, all right. Uh, one other thing, I, real quick. I was going to bring it up later when we bring up, uh, you know, the entirety of the set list, but um, this was split, and maybe we will kind of talk about it a little more later, but this was split on the actual set list. It said, Crazy Mary can't keep. So what we were trying to decide before we – uh hit record was did they go on stage and feel the crowd and say okay either we're hitting crazy Mary or can't keep and that's how we're starting the show because that's a weird thing to have to basically go into your opener blind
3: yeah and i we tried to maybe think of some ideas for it but i i don't know if it We'll post a picture of the set list, but it is really, really hard to decipher, especially when you're getting down towards the end of set one into the encores, and then you compare it with the set. We had mentioned that it was; it seemed like it was more of a read the crowd, like here are our options, but we're not going to cross anything off. We're going to read the crowd. Right. Not as much of a timing slash can my voice do this after after a night one type thing. This was like... We're gonna go out there, and we're gonna wing it with these options. It's weird, and it's kind of hard to, it's hard to describe. We're gonna to have to talk about it as we go because yeah, and we there, can't there, describe it in just one paragraph here. It's got to be as we go.
1: No, and there's a moment later, uh, in in one of the encores where you're able to kind of tell that it was just kind of flying by the seam of their pants. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to all that. Um, that was a lot on Crazy Mary or Mary as an opener. I don't think we're Unless we do that Philly show at some point, I don't think we're ever going to talk about it again. Uh, so I think I was justified to speak so long about that, and you know, you have talked about about it to me in person and on the show for a long time. So I'm glad uh, that was really good. That was really good conversation. So let's. Yeah,
3: uh, I had to get it off my chest. I've I've had a lot of Pearl Jam fans look at me like I had lobsters crawling out of <laughs> when I say that that it's a good song to open with. So. Screw you guys. We got it.
1: We talked about it. <laughs> we did. Um, I'm going to kind of put the next three songs together in their own little package here, because I think they work really well that way. Uh, you could see, do that a
3: few times on this, sh- on this show, actually. You,
1: you can. Yeah, absolutely can, in good ways and maybe not so good ways. They gift uh, wrap a
3: bunch of stuff for you.
1: They kind of do. Uh, but Save You, I really felt, after Crazy Mary uh was perfect because you kind of went from jam into rocker and that really uh the save you was really the hi we're here we're ready to go and crazy Mary was the let's let's enjoy some music before the music so to speak
3: it's kind of like the same effect that that they had uh, in last week's episode it's sure really no not wasting any time and you have you have a a, a nice you know you're, you're kind of slipping into a nice warm bath but it starts to boil up towards the end of the song and then and then you're in the set. You know it's It works. <laughs>
1: it was a little different with Corduroy. I, I thought Corduroy, Inside Job going into Corduroy was going too emotional into another one that was too emotional but I liked Save You because Save You is very straightforward, very bouncing, mm-hmm. very rocking uh, and then hell Hell, Whipping, those two, it's all... I feel like they belong in the same category. It's all just rockers. It's all just, it's fast. It's uh, you know, they're all three minute songs, songs that, you know, even if they weren't singles, you can hear on the radio and and they don't feel tiring, Uh, you know, hell, hell and, and save you. That would be part of my perfect set to get those in, in front like this.
3: Absolutely. And there were, There were eight songs on this set list that I back then had on constant repeat. And that was save you. Hail, hail corduroy red mosquito dissident. I am mine. Do the evolution and go. And of course, you know, better man was on there, but not on the set. Uh, And probably. Yeah, that was probably, that was probably what was on my, on my rotation on my mix CD back then uh, (laughs) as I went skateboarding. That's, that's what was in my ear, but, I mean, having save you and hail hail uh, right in the beginning there. I mean, and then and then whipping follow hail hail. I mean, come on! I mean, talk about a grouping. It's it's the perfect it's the perfect three songs to group together to talk about as a whole on the podcast because they're all uh, working so well together. But I mean, those three songs together at a live show. What more can you ask for?
1: It's kind of it, it's perfect. It, the you know everybody's kind of in a frenzy at this point. Oh,
3: uh, they're all bouncing catch, around. What's that? Did Did you catch uh, uh, the the very end of "Hail, Hail"? Uh, I think he's done it before because I I I'm almost positive I I had heard it before, and unless it was triggering some kind of deja vu thing, and I'm just remembering it wrong after hearing it on the bootleg here, but I'm almost positive. He had done it before, but Jeff does the uh, under pressure baseline at the end of hail hail.
1: Uh, It's happened before
3: it has, right? Yeah. I didn't notice
1: it on this one, but I I know it's happened before. Yes. It's kind of a blink and you miss it type thing.
3: It's quick. It's very quick. Yeah.
1: Um, All right. So here's, okay. Here's part of uh, a decision. I don't really like, I think that whipping into Corduroy shouldn't have had a talking break in between. I think that the talking Mm. break should have came after Corduroy. I'm glad you brought that up. Went into Red Mosquito. So let's talk about what Ed kind of talks to the crowd about in a second. Uh, He says, nice to be back. We were out of the building for 12 hours between last night and today, and we missed it already. Some of you were here last night and can back me up. It was one of the great nights of this band. Even Eddie is saying it, so it's got to count for something. Uh, so uh, Mike and Mike during this part, I feel like he's playing that little Buzzco- Cox, uh part in uh from uh, Why Can't I Touch It in the Background? Does, did you get that feel from that?
3: I, I, no, but I, uh, he was noodling, right? I, I yeah,
1: that. it sounded it sounded uh, Buzzcock Cox ish, little cocky. Little, little <laughs> cocky. Uh, we got our work. He says we got our work cut out for us because you always want to make it better than the last time. The floor started shaking and it scared the pants off us, but now it's okay. We want to make it happen again, so let's embrace it. And uh, that goes into corduroy, but you know the uh, you know the fly on the wall here is that corduroy. Really, I don't like the talking break before a corduroy. It's something that you need to immediately hit and it kind of hits you sometimes they do like the the little feedback and like little you know plucking of the cord and then hit it uh and it kind of teases you into it i i really feel like corduroy would have worked so well finishing off that section and instead it sort of starts a new section
3: okay so i'm really glad you bring this up because Yes, I wrote in my notes the talk break before would normally absolutely kill this for me. That is, we are 100% in agreement on that. But this break here, this talking break, this gets the crowd riled up. And Corduroy is a huge fan favorite, especially at this time. And it's only gotten bigger. And as the drums build up in this song, you could feel the room building up. With the instruments. And it, it, I feel like Eddie lit a bit of a spark under their ass and brought them into Corduroy. And right before he drops the verse, and he goes, he says, like, yeah, he could feel, can it. You feel can, it. Can you, can feel, you feel it? Can you feel it? Yeah. Dude, that right there is musical hype perfection. And you can't get any better than that. You cannot get better than that. And, uh, and then when he said that that was a blast at the end, you could tell that he had a blast doing that song. I think... I think this talking point worked where I would normally hate it because I felt like it really sparked the crowd
1: that's a really and it, inc- and it
3: was an amazing performance of corduroy too
1: it it was uh and that's a really awesome point that you bring up that you know I couldn't get from just listening to this on my laptop you know that it's uh and that's the kind of thing that we were talking about that sort of sways the ratings where you know you remember the crowd. You remember Eddie kind of pandering to the crowd during this. And, and especially that Corduroy, that's been
3: on, you know, a, a repeat for me. Corduroy was one of the very first Pearl Jam songs I've ever heard. And uh, you're seeing it live and it's, it's just like, holy shit, you know? And it, you just, you feel, you feel this ready to go vibe from the band and from the crowd. They're not wasting any time.
1: Corduroy has always been the song that makes me realize that I'm at a Pearl Jam show, no matter where Mm -hmm. it's played. Uh, And so I can totally agree with all everything that you just said, because I feel like it's happened to me before.
3: But I agree with what you're saying, too, because I think a lot of people feel that way about Corduroy. I certainly do. I think that's a great point. And you're kind of risking it a little bit um, stopping before that could kill some momentum. That could kill some some buzz. But I mean, the you, you more the hear-
1: more you say it, the more you're convincing me that it didn't in this in this right. Case. Well, I, I think it's that because, it actually made it better.
3: I think it's because you hear that Eddie is you know coming off of the night before, and he's he's probably just a- a- he's a, he's the amazed that the crowd of is still, yeah. He's amazed you know? that the
1: crowd is still you know at it 100 percent.
3: Two nights in a row, absolutely. And I just wanted to point out too, this is. At least the beginning part of 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 this night is it's not really the best Matt Cameron performance, even though he says, you know, they're the they're the luckiest. Oh, you have the best seats in the world because yeah. Matt Cameron. We'll get to that, but uh, Matt Matt's a little sloppy Joe in this beginning part of the set, but it's not that he's playing sloppy because he's bad. It just feels like this band is like you know, like the the night before was like a case of Red Bull. And they're just like, they're running on all cylinders for night two. Right. And that's, that's totally fine with me. If you're a little sloppy because you are just crushing
1: it, I'm good with that. And you got to think that the next night is, is an off night. Mm-hmm. And then the night after that is fucking Mansfield. Mm-hmm. It's the third Mansfield night. That's a 40-song show. Yep. So, they're going all out knowing that they got a they got a whole day to save up for it. That's that's ballsy on them. Isn't it I will just say a, that.
3: Is it, it's just a weird comparison, you know. It, it's the Riot Act era and
1: this they're, they're, this they're is slowly becoming my favorite tour era.
3: It's weird though, right? Like the, their live shows that we've covered really does not represent how the album makes you feel right. Like it's a, it's it's a really energetic, exciting tour, but the album is kind of not that it's,
1: it's so weird. It's so weird. I think the songs that sort of don't, uh, they take the exciting parts of that album and they show them off at these shows. I think that, you know, using, not using things like help, help. And, um, uh, we'll talk about another song later. Yes.
3: (laughs) I was, you know, I was going to say it, but I figured we'd wait to get to it first. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That's one of them. We'll, we'll get to that later. I I don't want to delay anymore. We, uh, let's get into red mosquito now. Uh, this is a different version of it and I am just going to let you listen to it and then we'll uh, talk about it. Um, And I'm glad we're getting it because I feel like for a while we were kind of in that no code phase of this show where we were either doing shows from that era or we were just doing a lot of red mosquito and, and red mosquito was slowly starting to turn it into my uh, state of love and trust Mm. where I didn't have anything else to say about it, and I wasn't hearing anything bad, so I was getting frustrated hearing it and having to think of things to say, but we haven't covered it in maybe a month or two, and now we actually have something different to say, so listen to it, see if you can kind of notice some of the differences, and uh, then we'll come back and talk about it. this is slower than we're kind of used to hearing it live. We're used to kind of it being fast paced and this sort of has more motion to it. There's, there's more air in between. uh, And we were just kind of saying it, you know, while, while we were breaking during the middle of the song, is it more bluesy? Is it, what, what is it about this version?
3: Well, I think what plays into it is, is the, the bridge and the instrumental chorus into the, into the outro chorus at the end there, where, is it Stone or Matt that does the backups with Eddie at the very end? I always forget. I think it's Stone. Because they sound incredible on this version. Um, but I I think I think what really adds to this version is that instrumental chorus in the bridge is just, is bliss here. And Boom is, Boom is booming me. On Boom this sounds amazing in this, <laughs> absolutely. It's just this whole
1: entire full- show is great, but this song especially.
3: Oh, it's just full out, boomage um
1: now do you at, think that the uh the pace of the song benefited for him to have a spot in this because i feel like maybe if it were at the normal live pace he doesn't really have much of a role
3: well yeah i could agree to that because i i, I mean i like this when you know when they go into it and it's it's like what am i like credence on crack basically you know Creedence like I, on crack. I, I like i i do not not that there aren't there aren't Creedence songs that that kick ass most do, but I think you know what I, you know what I mean. Like this is this is that, but but not that. This is more, right. This, this is, is more.
1: This is your tiptoe into southern rock while still being from Seattle.
3: I I honestly thought that I I would have been able to explain this better with with the pacing of the of the of the solo and the bridge and the instrumental chorus and. And I'm actually having some trouble now with it because, yeah, it's 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 tough to put your finger on. I think
1: the best way I can kind of describe it is night one, you had that version of In My Tree that was a little bit different, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe this was night two's version of In My Tree, where you know, obviously, be. no no code, but um, you know, it's just a little bit different. They they were just messing around and they were trying it, and you know what, it worked. I really liked it think this version was great yeah and
3: you know with the in my tree it's not how i would normally take it because i'm a bass player and they skipped the bass intro but i mean that was hype in night one it was great you know so it they they went the other way i think with this one this one instead of this crazy build and this this really energetic version of a song they kind of brought it down a little bit and made it bluesy and jammy or more than it already is but uh, like we've heard We've heard versions of this song where it's, you know, it's a, it's a train right out of the gate. Right. This this one's got a a flow to it. I feel like,
1: honestly, I think you can make magic both ways with this one.
3: Yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, And you're right. Not covering it for a while is, is good because uh, it's one of my favorite songs and man, you know, it's it's not a song I want to get sick of. So,
1: and you know what? I think uh, now that I'm thinking about it, red mosquito into dissident mentioning the Southern rock, the bluesy ties, kind of makes sense fits together pretty well huh
3: mm-hmm. uh, i think so yeah i didn't really have much to say about this dissonant i didn't think i didn't think eddie's vocals were perfect but he's doing a lot of the you know escape is never the, you know he's doing a lot he of did,
1: yeah he did something like that at the end uh where he didn't really do that he kind of changed the lyrics almost it's yeah, yeah i'm not sure what he did right, however right. this is what i heard in this, and this is going to be, this is up for debate. I, th- I feel like we're going to be talking about this for a couple minutes. Okay. In the chorus, when she couldn't hold, she, it sounded like he said farted.
3: It absolutely did. <laughs> I didn't write it down, but I knew exactly what you were going to say when you started. <laughs> You're right.
1: And I wonder, I wonder if that was like an inside joke yeah. with the band. Well, wonder...
3: he says something else. I'll get to it when we get to it. But he, I don't know, man. There were a couple of things on this set where, where he'll sing a part, and I'm like, what did he just say? And it sounds like I don't know. Is he goofing around? But there, there's another part that comes up later. I I wanted to see if you could figure out what he said because i couldn't quite make it out but
1: this is kind of like meow this is this is kind (laughs) of like uh right meow meow. thing from from (laughs) super troopers absolutely where maybe it's like an in-running joke how many times can you say farted instead of folded i don't know Uh,
3: listen uh it's entirely possible
1: (laughs) (laughs) it just it cracked me up i honestly i thought his voice was was pretty good on this one and and it it
3: was good it wasn't i think we've heard more energetic versions and it comes up again in this in this set unfortunately no matter how good the band might sound no matter how good you know the the crowd is it's sort of a downside of a night two it's not that you're performing poorly but sometimes you do have to make some compromises on the way you sing things which is it's totally understandable it doesn't ruin it for me because it's not like you're cracking or shrieking and he's not right. Dropping it was just anymore. rasp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't you gotta... clear or crisp, but it almost yeah. never happens with the song anyway. So,
3: right. Right. So pull back a little bit. That's okay. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And it happens again and it doesn't ruin the song for me. Um, yeah. I will say just leading up, you know, being completely, um, you know, uh, uh, fair here. This, it, this isn't, you know, we we haven't gotten like the best version of any song really this is this is so far it's a it's a pretty great yet um straightforward performance you know what i'm saying like
1: yeah it it meshes well within the rest of the show Yeah,
3: like it it's it was not the greatest hail hail of all time uh, it was not the greatest whipping of all time not the but greatest quarter that- of all time but it's working it's working working as
1: a yes as a cohesive unit i'm not gonna i'm not
3: gonna say this was the best dissident ever played Fuck you because that's just not true but i mean the 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 flow here on this set is is exactly what i want
1: it's the best decision made for this set right i feel like a lot of these songs are the best decision and you know what this this set and it has a lot of ties to that to that Fenway show we went to because there there are a lot of songs in this set that I just I think of you when I think of these songs and like how they're they are your songs and Red Mosquito is one of them. I Am Mine is another one that we're mm-hmm. gonna get to in a second. Go that we're gonna talk about later. Anytime I think of Go, I think of you because we that first show that we went to, they closed a set with Go. Okay, and- now
3: now you're just now you're just reading off my notes.
1: Well, th- <laughs> I the- actually, I actually have something written down for that
3: later on because I think I think of the same thing when I think about go, but with you. So we're, ah. on, the, we're on the same page. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm interested to know like what songs make you think of me because uh, like, I have my certain songs that are like, this is a Matt song, like crazy Mary. This is a Matt song. Better man is a Matt song
3: for you. It's, you know, off the top of my head. It's a corduroy. Uh, absolutely, um, probably save you after after Fenway because yeah, you were talking that up a lot. Given to fly for you too, but for different reasons. Because, <laughs> because I I I then try to it becomes a, a real critique thing for that. Oh, one. if we're uh, if we're talking like, you know, negative
1: reasons, I can yeah. give you long road and uh, stick that up your. Well, ass. no, no, I no uh,
3: I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's. Uh, given a fly would be negative for you. It's more of it, it's it's uh, I look into it deeper now because of you, which is not okay. a bad thing either. Uh, but fair. yeah, I mean, with you, I, you know, definitely, um, definitely state and spin the black circle. And of course, of course, <laughs> rocking in the, of course rocking in the free world after you just wiped the floor with everybody in the fantasy league. So that, that's <laughs> a,
1: <laughs> but you know, uh, I think you missed brain of J. Did you say brain of J.?
3: Uh, no, but definitely brain of J as well.
1: Those are all, and it's funny you mentioned that cause those are all the fast songs, but like, I still have, I have a soft side because they're the off he goes and those songs that I really love too.
3: Was that a cross off on the set? Was that a,
1: it was a cross off
3: off he goes. Was it, Well, not, not cross off, but a, um, an option we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Option. It, it is definitely a part of this. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So we'll get to that.
1: Yeah. All right, enough of the love fest. Uh, but this this right here is 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 a Matt song. Oh um, man, you want to
3: you want to get off the love fest, and then you want to go into this song. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, I, I remember you saying before Fenway, every show I go to, I get I am mine. And <laughs> I was thinking to myself because one of the other Fenway shows in 2016, I remember they played I am mine. So I'm like, that, that's that's not one they would bring back the same venue two years later. Right. And they did and the magic was there maybe because you were there who the fuck knows but uh you're right they usually do this song when you're in attendance i
3: i don't know i can't i can't explain it
1: uh, <laughs> no but that's <laughs> what reminds you know when i when i think of this song i think yeah that's why i think of you when i think of this song
3: yeah and and so are you i, I can't remember are you like take it or leave it on this one
1: this version, or no, just song?
3: just the song altogether. No,
1: no, I'm I'm take it. I'm I'm okay. very much like I'm mine. Uh, I wouldn't get it tattooed on me, but no,
3: no. So yeah, the thing with I am mine. I'm just you. Just bear with me for a minute because this is just one thing that I actually do remember because this was one of the songs that was on constant repeat. This version is it's okay. Uh, you know he does. What does he say? Um, you are yours. You are in your, between yeah, is it, yours. Yeah. It what that's that's not catchy.
1: It's him being silly and just, it's okay.
3: Which is fine, but it doesn't fit. It's not the best Pearl Jam song either. And this is not the best performance, but there are, as you know better than anybody, there are songs that get under your skin and you can't get them out. And I Am Mine was always one of those songs. And for me, it's like when they're hitting all these songs right in the beginning of a set one that that are on constant repeat, That are songs that my brother showed me that I, I, those are the ones that I'm listening to all the time. And then they hit I Am Mine, which is like the biggest rewind song for me from this time period. It's like in a, like a religious awakening. And that's not specific to Pearl Jam. This is, this is like a broad musical awakening that, I mean, I could think back to other examples that like it, it launched what is like now my career. And, you know, I could think of like, Jones Beach 2000, Red Hot Chili Peppers, around the world. Uh, REM and MSG, like 95 and 96. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Like, mm. These are like super meaningful, indescribable moments that stick with you musically. And and uh, I just, I mean, I I hope everyone in the world gets to experience something that is like this meaningful to, to them at least once in their life. Because, I mean performances like this is what what made me want to do what I do, and they, they stick with you.
1: I ho- I would hope that everybody listening would have that moment by now. I feel like, you know, first of all, there aren't too many Pearl Jam fans out there that haven't seen them live uh, that that would be tuning into this because we're really, we're a nostalgia show. Right. Uh, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think that... That's why a lot of people keep coming back for more because they do remember that first moment for for me,, uh, release, you know that mm-hmm. and that's easy to say because it was the opener of my first ever show. Sure. Uh, but I hear release so much differently now, even eleven years later than I did before that moment ever happened. And although I loved the song before the moment, the moment, has forever changed in 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 ways that i never even wanted to hear the song live again because i knew it wasn't going to live up to it that it will never match the first moment
3: right 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 and you know it took some warming up for me to to get to the point where i really like release as an opener i i just thought there were better options but you know, I've come around and know it. It absolutely is great, and I would I would take it every time. But even still, I see that song completely different than you do. Not right. that not that either way is wrong. It's just it's about that moment. And listen, I am mine is far from the best Pearl Jam song ever written. It it really doesn't even scratch a surface compared to some other songs. But do I cry every time I see it? You're fucking goddamn right, I do, and it's because of these types of moments where you're in this weird kind of state of growing up and you, um, you know, it's something makes an impact on you. And yeah, I mean, Hey, tell me this song sucks. I might completely agree with you, but it's about the time period and it's about, you know, this performance and it's about other bands you see, like I mentioned, you know, or, you know, around the world, 1999, REM 96, you know, it's like, damn, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. And, it's a great thing everyone needs to experience something like that
1: i like I like emotional you know getting in touch with the emotion of music Matt instead of the uh uh you know the song
0: breaking down the
1: song by you know it, the <laughs> sum of its parts well if if we covered
3: i am mine more you'd you'd get more of this out of me <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll just have to look into more i i think I think we have another two thousand three show next week oh okay. if I'm not mistaken so we shall see. Uh, all right. 2003. We t- kind of talked about it uh, a couple of minutes ago, which is probably like a half hour ago at this point, considering what our podcast is. Uh, but we talked about sort of the, 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 the um, trash on uh, riot act. As I like to say, well, You, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't trash think... is, is, is harsh.
3: Well, I guess when it's compared to the album as a whole, I guess some songs will be trash compared to others, but
1: I really think there are only two or three songs that are are complete garbage.
3: Yeah, but we both have found appreciation for the album, I think. I mean, I loved it when it first came out and then I over
1: the past year I have And yeah. then
3: I despised it, and now I love it again and it's uh
1: So this this song that's up next is not one of the You know, the very few, uh, off a riot act that people go back to, people go back to save you. They go back to, I am mine. They go back to, um, green disease and a couple of those others, but they don't go back to get right. Usually I feel like it's the ultimate deep cut in their catalog and it's not something we're going to hear very often, uh, They haven't played it since 2003, and that's why I think it is an ultimate deep cut. You know, other real deep stuff like Rival, uh, Help Help. Um, I'm thinking other other stuff, uh, even from this era, from from Riot Act. There's another song in there that they'll go back to very, very infrequently. Uh, Around the Bend can be used as that. Uh, But Get Right has been locked in 2003 to never come back. So I don't know when we're going to hear this again, so we're going to play this right now. Let's talk about deep cuts. Let's get into Get Right.
2: I want more to lay down. I'm waiting till sundown. Water and sunshine away for the moment The moment between us, the fire is made now out of the tub.
1: How do you feel about this as a live song because i i i i got right away why this never turned into a better live song than it is and why they've left it off like i said with those other songs that really don't come back a lot
3: yeah you know it's a mid-tempo and it's a it's a pretty monotone song and and honestly it's a bit of a bummer until you get to a, a pretty good solo i mean this this solo here is is very good and, under uh,
1: underrated solo. I agree. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and I think the performance here sounds good, but it is a really tough live song. It, it doesn't really fit anywhere. Uh, and especially in a set like this, this song does not belong in a set like this, to be honest, it's completely out of place.
1: It is kind of out of place. The one thing that stood out to me was um how, i guess on the recording how close how close the chorus and verses lyrics are together because you hear after um ed does the part i want to get right get right with it with you and it goes right into the verse and he has no he can't take a breath and he kind of loses a couple of words Mm -hmm. because there's no way you can get from chorus to verse that quickly at a, at a live pace. There's yeah, that's no where, way you can do that.
3: That's where, you know, Cameron's got to end that chorus or something, you know, and lead, lead Eddie in it. It needs to be worked better. Reworked for a live setting. Cause it's, it just doesn't, I, I hate to say it doesn't work because I, I don't hate the song on the album. It's not something that I go back to, but
1: see, this is one of my it, least, this is definitely one of my least favorite on this album. If not the least.
3: I don't think it's the least for me, but it's there's no trans- there's no good translation here live it just i don't think it belongs to be honest. I think it belongs fine on the album it it serves a purpose question mark maybe dot 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 live though I don't get it
1: but that's why it's so unique because you know out of all their albums, Riot Act has not been won that they've decided to to cover front to back live so it's not like you can get that you can get this during that and it was kind of like oh crap well i got get right as as sort of a stat and, and sort of to see it in 2019 would kind of be astonishing uh you know pearl jam doesn't have a lot of songs left in that era like i was saying before songs like rival help help uh, Help Help was played twice in 2018, which mm-hmm. is kind of amazing because I think it's only been t- played 12 overall. Around the bend was played twice last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- those are songs, even those songs have been brought back. I, I feel like Get Right is one of the very few that hasn't been brought back from its album year. Uh, only two more times they played it after this. 17 times played overall. Uh just really it's really tough it it's uh, you know i wonder i wonder if this is the only one that that's really been left out like that, oh bush league or two
3: yeah but
1: you
3: know, it's it, yeah it it just doesn't translate that well and and even though i i do like riot act i it i like it and I've learned to like it and i i think i think I've matured into it you know back in two thousand and three it was all I was listening to because it was it was new it was fresh it was different then i went cold on it for a long time but now i as i'm i've gotten older i appreciate it now but i'm going to be honest man with with songs like this and song you know some of the other songs that you mentioned when it comes to a full show a full 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 album set you don't really have a a full show there to be honest when it comes to riot act it's, it is a little weird yeah you
1: especially if they're not going to play arc so that's yeah, already you, you, you really
3: you it's lacking you don't have it you know it's yeah. not a, it's not a 10 it's not a yield it's
1: I did write in my notes that I thought um and I've always thought this that maybe it only got on the album because it was one of the very few songs that that Matt had written lyrics for this is a Matt Cameron lyrical song possibly uh, and I don't know, the way that this is placed, I think this is after you are, Down would have worked really well after you are on the album.
3: I've said Down would spark some some much-needed life into a section of Riot Act. And, it needed uh, some pop. But honestly... Green, green
1: Disease is poppy, but it, it sure, needed a little more pop.
3: Sure, but I, I, think, I think Down ups the Green Disease pop a little bit more, and it... Uh,
1: does it uh, fall out of favor I, because of I, that?
3: I, I think it's just I think that would be completely out of place as well. Unfortunately.
1: Fifteen songs is a lot, especially compared to the rest of their discography that mm-hmm. usually don't go past twelve or thirteen. In some cases, it's just eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. you know, that, yep. that's it's really low. So uh yeah, let's okay, let's move on from that a little bit. Uh Given the Fly being next um it had the feel of a pretty epic chorus here uh how was it live in this spot
3: um you know i don't i don't really remember giving a fly and i'm I'm surprised i don't because i was kind of laughing to myself when i was listening to this i was really trying to remember as much as possible and there's a lot of stuff that does stick out in my head as i said and I thought maybe this would be one of them because this was always one of my mom's favorite songs, and she would listen to it a lot. You know, she with Steve in the house and listening to Pearl Jam and "Given a Fly" was a song she really liked. And I even remember—I remember being at a show. I think it, it must have been this show, and they started playing it, and Steve said, "Oh, this is mom's favorite song." I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is that song." "Given a Fly" has become kind of forgettable for me, honestly. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and. Even with
1: it being your mom's
3: song? I don't care if my mom likes the song <laughs> or
1: not. Uh, it's just emotional attachment I
3: guess that doesn't really do anything for me when I'm seeing the show. <laughs> but uh sorry mom. But um yeah, I I, I glaze over given a fly now to be honest.
1: That's interesting because uh, I well, think Okay, well
3: uh, I will say until until Fenway this year.
1: Yeah, cuz that absolutely. now
3: that that was that was unexpected
1: absolutely uh but i I think the reason why i wanted to ask you if you remember this moment because i specifically went into my first show and if i had a top three i think it was rearview mirror black and given to fly so given a fly really stuck out to me but it didn't meet my expectations and that's why i've kind of had this wishy-washy uh you know back and forth with it on this show sure so
3: i i think mine at this point that the top ones for me would have been go i am mine and um probably do the evolution because i i would not better man i uh uh yeah i don't know maybe better man because i you know i had listened to that song a lot but i also watched the music video for do the evolution a lot too so
1: right uh, we go from giving a fly into evacuation and oh boy evacuation evacuate is the word here. Uh, this was a bit of a mess. Um little sloppy, little sloppy. Just just a bit outside. Just a, uh, j- I mean just a bit. Just a bit out of the
3: strike zone.
1: <laughs> and you know what honestly it wasn't bad until until they pitched ball 4. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. it, I- it, it worked until Eddie just uh, thought the song ended before it actually ended and forgot there was a bridge.
3: I thought something the weird was going on here too. I, I don't know. It, it came up again. I forget what song it was. It might have been the Ramones, but I don't know. Something, I don't know if it was the bass, but I, I thought something sounded just a little out of tune too. Just a little, I don't know. It could be just the chords they use where it doesn't sound as in tune or tight live, but this one was a little, little weird, a little off
1: i didn't catch that um i was very i was more kind of it might not have been song
3: but yeah I, i i thought it was evacuation but you know what i might remember it as we as we go along here but yeah and you know as as i said uh from doing this podcast i really love this song now and especially live but i was thinking you know back then you know 16 year old matt I probably didn't get this at all. I didn't know what binaural was. This was like this was probably Japanese to me. Yeah, no idea. You know, this
1: would absolutely seem like filler. I think my first Pearl Jam show. I go back to, um, I think I think Who You Are was kind of filler for me at the time because it was sort of not. I don't know. It's not really a popular song by any standards, even though it was a single. Uh, So when I heard it, I was just kind of like, I kind of know it, but. Uh, it's tough for me to sort of sing to it, you know. Right. I think that, but evacuation at this time—you probably don't know at all.
3: No, no. Yeah. I, and if I had heard it at at the Jones Beach show, I, 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 wouldn't have been able to tell you. So ancient history, ancient, ancient history.
1: Um, and you know what, I was the just, band.
3: Oh, you know what? I was. I'm sorry. I was just trying to think because you mentioned who you are, but. Those were at the. Those were at both of those uh, 2008 MSG shows. I was trying to think. I'm like, I know I've seen it, but that was the one they did that back to back, right?
1: Right. Yeah, they, they did they a did bunch of real both, both nights. Yeah. Yeah, real weird ones back to back that they don't usually do. Right. At all. So. Right. Uh, We've talked I about guess, that
3: before. I just had to fact check myself on that. I couldn't remember.
1: I guess we'll get to that in a month. That'll be the next MSG show. 2008. Oh, yeah. 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 So. It's coming. First show, on its, it's on its, its way it's, you'll get you'll get some emotional shit out of me that's for sure evacuation though uh the band kind of evacuated it uh again only you know it, it's kind of fits in that category that we were saying before with with help help and rival where they don't really bust it out uh they have busted it out since but not a lot uh but
3: i, I want it again now I have a feeling it'll kick Re- ass now. I
1: I have no idea, but um, since this night, they've only played it five more times. Yeah. yeah. So,
3: so, it's it's, inc- so, it, so it's due. We could say that, right?
1: Well, considering <laughs> 2016, the binaural uh, show, I don't know. I honestly yeah, don't know. It,
3: it, c- considering saying it's due means nothing to Pearl Jam and the way they make no. songs. So.
1: <laughs> no. And, and now it could just be like, screw it. We don't want to relearn anything anymore. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, even flow spot here, and I think this was a perfect time for even flow. Maybe even a little too, a tad too late for even flow. Uh, but you know what? It it gives you. I feel like we've been covering even flow a lot, where it's been way earlier in the set, and it just has felt too early for even flow. And this really feels like you're in the middle of the set, and this feels right.
3: Yeah, it feels right. The only thing I had written for this one is that I don't think having evacuation. Before it did it any favors, uh, probably not. Just, it just wasn't great, so uh, probably not. But I even mean, uh, even flow was great, and
1: even flow stands on itself.
3: Yeah, evacuation nice kind of brought me down a little bit, though.
1: Um, yeah, this is really energetic version. Look, we can go on and on all day about how Mike can shred during the song like there's no tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's just, it is. I don't want to say it's par for the course because hey, you know it's, it's it's not really a
3: I don't know what was this one this one was under ten minutes so we could say par on this one
1: right but what I'm saying is he shreds on this every night so yeah. this is no this is no surprise to anybody you yeah. know so
3: there's no drum solo
1: there is no drum solo in this
3: so it's it's I think par. it was I think, a couple years par. later
1: <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So Ed does shout out to McCready and says, speaking of guitar players, this is one, you know, he's from around town. He, they are one of the greatest American rock bands of all time. Uh, which is funny because I actually think the person talking is in one of the greatest American rock, uh, rock and roll bands of all time. That's, that's a good discussion because I, you know, without bias, you can legitimately say that Pearl Jam is, is top three.
3: When it comes to live bands? Come on. No, when it comes there's, to there's bands. Really... When it comes oh, to music. I—that uh, That is a little biased because, I, as we've said before, there are people that, that don't even know Pearl Jam exists anymore and they're uh, surprised when they hear from them. I know, uh, but
1: it also but, sneaks but, up on people.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think being somebody that, or you and I being people that are, yes, we're fans of Pearl Jam, but we are just fans of music altogether. I think we could say... In fairness, top five, definitely. Absolutely, and that, that's that's in fairness of, of two guys that, that love all types of music.
1: But you know what? I also,
3: think, we're a little biased.
1: I think that I think that I would have to put the Ramones close to the top five too. If if not, just for you know what they brought to the music industry and how they changed the music industry, I think they have to be top five.
3: I think Ramones would. One hundred percent be uh, be top ten for me because what I would have to do is break it down into into the genres. What have you done for a genre? And Pearl Jam's got to be in there. Yeah, Ramones have to be in there. Nirvana, uh,
1: as much as I don't want to put them in there, but they have they, to.
3: they they deserve it. Yeah, if you're making a completely unbiased list, that might be a fun thing to do. Where you and I make a completely biased list, and then we make a completely unbiased list. That would be fun. See, we could see how how. We battle our inner selves <laughs> <laughs> in making the same list twice. You
1: know, a little pet project, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll get back to that one. I like that idea.
3: <laughs> that might take us a while. <laughs> oh, could just be like really, really narrowing down some some stuff there. There are
1: gonna be like twenty bands that I leave out. It's oh, gonna be I awful.
3: I know. Then you got to redo it.
1: And yeah. Geez. The nice thing is you can kind of skip the seventies because it's all like Boston and Kansas. Anybody with a uh, uh, a name of a city in America, those were the American bands of that era. We're gonna
3: we're gonna get right back to the set after I say this one thing though. I do kind of disagree because Boston's first album is one of the best rock and roll albums of all time. Okay, just had to say
1: it. All right, got it <laughs> out there. Uh, all right, so. He says they played almost uh, 2,300 shows, but never played in this building, which is amazing. Um, anyway. We've never done this before. Yet,
3: yet it doesn't change their legacy at all.
1: No, no. Why would it? Uh, their legacy really, is that, CBGBs.
3: That really stuck out to me, you know? When, when Eddie says that, it's like they're still one of the greatest of all time, though.
1: I, I feel like if they would have played Madison Square Garden, it would have been weird. Could have been. Seats? Been weird. Seats at a Ramon show? Not security yeah, not into it not, <laughs> not into it
3: No no, not into it at all
1: It, it needs to be you, your your ear needs to be on the speaker uh you need to have no room to breathe and you need to have soaking at least 12 sweat. 12 other people sweating on you yes:
3: yes covered and, in do you you don't know if it's if it's gin or, or bodily fluid that is soaking you but and also you're, you, you're soaked
1: and also you are 90 percent sure to get punched in the face
3: or, or to contract some sort of hepatitis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All of those things equal remote show. Absolutely. All,
3: All right. those old pictures of the remotes at CBGBs. You could, you could look at a picture and you could, you, you could smell, smell that picture.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you really can just looking I, at the walls and, Oh,
3: and I love it. And I love yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so ed says we've never done this before uh he wants to make a phone call from the stage uh he wants to call johnny and play him a ramon song so he takes out his flip phone gives him a call um he leaves him a message he's not home he says the fucker's always home uh and here's the message that he left him
0: we've never done this before made a phone call from the stage but i was gonna call johnny and play Ramon song He's always home.
2: Hey,
0: Johnny, you fucker, why aren't you home? All right, this is, uh, it's Eddie Cullen, uh, and also, uh, The people of in, in New York here in Madison Square Garden, and uh, we want to play a song for you. So uh, here you go. I'll call you later. Uh,
1: so this goes into "I Believe in Miracles." Um, this is that's I, we've talked about their relationship before, and you know don't want to get into it too much now. Cause I really don't have a lot to say about, I believe in miracles, but, um, this is really, that's such a cool moment. And, you know, I, I wonder if you remember, do you have memory of this or
3: this? Yes, this is, uh, well, because ah, actually I believe a miracle stuck out to me and, and it, it wasn't so much as it being the Ramon song. It was, it was more of just a cover being played and of course I'd find out later that their opening song was a cover but yeah that, that's, that's more of what stuck out to me was, was that they were doing a Ramon song like whoa that's really cool and um, what else stuck out to me is uh, the DVD didn't have that phone call to a Ramon my friend night two had a phone call to a Ramon
1: <laughs> well the DVD had a buzzcock the DVD had a um, it had a lot of things
3: it didn't have this
1: <laughs> it had a why am I forgetting his name right now?
3: because he's not as memorable as a phone call to Johnny Ramon, who wasn't home it <laughs> like, had a Ben Harper like, it had a Ben Harper twice oh, we've seen Ben Harper a million times it had
1: a sta- it had a stage <laughs> shake I, like that, that's
3: well God. I don't know I don't know see he said he was feeling it was there a I feel like we need to confirm a stage shake during uh during corduroy here it sounded like you said i'm feeling it so it, corduroy it could have been it corduroy is been.
1: questionable i Verdict talked to somebody on i talked to somebody about do the evolution they said do the evolution was a we'll get to that but no there was no stage shaking during that
3: not during evolution here but uh yeah i don't know corduroy says he's feeling it so I'm, I'm holding on
1: i won yeah i wonder about that one because it did feel like it gave that good vibration uh, up next here we have You talked about this little section uh, Texting me that you were really excited to talk about this um, It's Untitled at MFC and this is really a longer Version of um, Untitled Which usually lasts on average About 90 seconds maybe 2 minutes This is more like 3.5 to 4 minutes It, f- it feels long
3: Yeah this, this goes out of Untitled category here This is just a This is a song Just and then it, he, yeah, It's a good 2.5 minutes or so
1: yeah, he, he improvs a little bit. He says, I'm reading paper. I'm watching the news. He says, uh, Johnny, I hope you get this message, uh, which is, is great coming off of what just happened. Um, oh, that's right. He,
3: he had the lyric change. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yep, yep,
1: yep, yep. And uh, then it kicks into MFC and the build feels really big, but... MFC should have started really big and I feel like it didn't start as big. I feel like it should have had more drive. It gets in once they get into that part in the first verse where the drums come in and it really kicks into gear. That's Mm -hmm. when it started, but I would have liked to, to get that song started right off the bat.
3: Yeah, we've heard better. We've heard better. And Eddie threw you his little chewing noise. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
3: he'd started to do it the first time and immediately stopped. And I'm like, Oh, he's not gonna just a do. little bit. It's like, he's going to, he's going to do it like when he starts to scream in the beginning of corduroy and then stops. And it's like, okay, I don't hate that. So I said, Oh, okay, this is going to get a pass from Randy because he, he started it, but didn't finish it. No, the next course, he was right back into it. And
1: I laughed. It's, it's one of those things that like, I kind of like when it happens now, because because
3: <laughs> it's something to talk about.
1: Yeah. And although like I hated it to begin with, I, I I kind of like that we get it and I kind of like to hate it. But well, I speak yeah. positively about my hate for it.
3: I I think it's kind of really annoying now too, but I really look forward to hearing it because because <laughs> it just it just makes me laugh. It's just Is it gonna it's happen? funny, you know. It's yeah. Is it going
1: to happen? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh all right. So we get Uh, from MFC into deep and deep kind of made sort of a resurgence back in 2003 came off a an eight-year layoff not being played since uh, 1995 and after 2003 it actually took another hiatus uh, until 2009 and and from 2009 it it really um, it came back and it's been back every now and again but it hasn't been uh, a total easy song to get uh but i think it, i think it was 10 or 11 times that they played it in 2003 and this was one of them i want to play it because i really love how the beginning sounds here and i think that this was a really good version so uh let's get into d- Like I said, the intro, it just, it sounded incredible. It, it just, it had so much power to it. The song usually just has so much depth and so much, you know, emotion going on in it. And it kind of, I always like to use the term spiral into madness. And that's kind of what the song does. Uh, and might be one of my favorites of the night. However, the last time we heard Deep was with one Dave Average Daisy. And... Nothing is beating his drum beat on on deep.
3: Yeah, this was a this was a really good deep. But again, this is one where you know, Cameron is I feel like he's really amped up. And when you compare it to a Dave a uh, version, it's kind of tough to compare because that was a very, very good version. This is strong, though. This is strong. But yeah, Dave a on deep, man.
1: Yeah, that's it. I that's where
3: it's at. That's where it's I, fucking at.
1: I don't think it can be topped. Just, I, I think a lot of people share that opinion, but that's just one of those songs that Matt's, Matt's great, but this is, this is Dave a top notch. Yeah. So that goes into present tense. Um, I didn't have a lot to say on present tense. I really enjoyed it. It had a really good build uh, the emotion going throughout, but I, but you liked this section so much. So what, what, uh what do you got on it?
3: So I was, I was letting you, I was letting you bring us right into present tense here. Now, I listened to this section a few times and I'm glad you brought up Untitled being a little different, a little longer. Now, tell me here if I am totally reaching, but I thought it was actually a good fit, uh, seeing as how it's Pearl Jam. Untitled here kind of felt more of like an overture because it's longer. Huh. Uh, it's got the it's got the, MF, the mfc guitar part just played a little slower you know it's it's not a reprise because it's not the end it's the beginning it's the start off so i'm i'm getting like this musical theme now coming, right in, coming into it and then you go untitled mfc and then deep hits pretty hard and then present tense and again tell me if i'm stretching here but i had to rework some songs around but i was getting a 1921 sparks acid queen See me, feel me, Tommy vibe from this, from this grouping. I got oh, like, oh, that's I got, deep. I, I got this musical opera, this rock opera vibe from this grouping here with, uh, with this overture, with MFC being just this good rock song. Deep comes in and just kicks your nuts in, and present tense kind of wraps it up. And I'm like, I got to go
1: listen to Tommy. <laughs> this is what I'm getting from this section. Oh, man, you're at first I kind of I can't I can't answer that because I I I have to go back and listen to it and think in those terms, right? So it's really tough for me to answer that, but it's a really compelling argument. Um, And I think it's
3: again, it's it's I feel like it's just this perfect storm of grouping of songs here. The dynamic between each song and especially untitled being a little bit longer is what did it as well.
1: Right. Oh man!
3: By the way, Untitled was giving me big time Bruce Springsteen vibe, and
1: I and I didn't hate it. How is that possible? I was kind of into it. Yeah, that's interesting. You say that, because uh, thinking back, like that is kind of a a very Bruce thing. And thinking about his um, his Broadway show that he did, and how he kind of just played like the interludes to some songs and and growing up is one of the ones I'm thinking of hmm. uh, he would just kind of play that sort of um, rhythm over and over again before and talk over it before actually getting into the song so you got something there and then when you say overture that sort of gives it another layer of, of interest and another element to it um, I think you're on to something but I I don't know if I can say live that I would get that feel because live is such a different feel but maybe I have to put these together album version wise to see if you can get that.
3: Oh, uh, okay, cuz I got this specifically
1: for live versions for
3: live for for this for listening back on it.
1: Look, my mind is, you know, now if I ever go back and listen to the show, I'm going to think of it so much differently now. Uh, mm. But I can't, I can't tell you for certain how I feel about it until I go back and listen to this whole entire section again. Now it's, it's, I think it's impossible for me to give you a full answer.
3: And don't worry about it. I'm sure John Ferrar is just going to disagree with me anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this is no, this is something I think John would, uh, get bought
3: into oh by the way everyone go out and listen to uh, better band John is on the latest episode quick plug yeah gotta to, gotta to throw a quick plug in there
1: which is funny because he actually did deep and, and he did deep yes
3: yes great tie in there we go oh I knew there was a reason I wanted to bring that up there <laughs> oh man we're we're running on all cylinders here Randy yeah it's because got it's because we're, we started early today uh, we have time good. to actually set up and listen to this stuff. Yeah. We're, I, I think we came into this with good heads.
1: I think so. Yeah. This is, this is a good one for sure. You, for you, especially you're, you're in way more positive mood because this has just sparked some, some youngin memories out of you. Uh, for me, it's just, I, I'm, I'm enjoying your positivity. Yeah. Well, that's what it, I love about this show.
3: That night. I listened to the bootleg, like
1: I think
3: two and a half times. I did it two full times. and Then I, I skipped around, so it's also really fresh in my head as well. So that, I think that's why I just uh, we'll we'll end an episode, and I'm like, oh, goddamn it! I forgot like eight points I was gonna make, but <laughs> this this I finished for like the third time, probably a half hour before we jumped on the phone with each other.
1: <laughs> wow, real that I mean, I've been I've been getting these, you know. I listened to this at like one o'clock this afternoon to start taking notes, but uh, yeah, we're, we're getting to this real fresh. Um, all right. So back into this before we kind of lose track, a uh, little bit of feedback that we're hearing after present tense. Oh yeah. That, that was,
3: was what was that? It sounded like, uh, it sounded just like sounded an amp like, cord. Was, sounded like someone got unplugged and yeah. they, they were plugging in and unplugging, plugging in and unplugging.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, not a, not did, a sound.
3: Someone didn't not. hit their tuner. You got to mute that. Come on, man. Dave, this is 101 stuff. Mute <laughs>
1: mute your signal. 101 stuff should be playing wireless.
3: That's true, too. Right?
1: You. they run around the stage all the whole time. Yeah, a lot of people
3: That's a whole other discussion. I use wireless, but a lot of a lot of people really don't like it.
1: Interesting. I yeah. I would figure that people would be obsessed over it. Um Ed says here, he's not sure if scalpers have picked up on it, not sure if these are the most expensive seats in the house, kind of probably pointing to the front. But when you got Matt Cameron, he points to the back. Those are the best seats in the house. Uh, and he says Matt makes records with another band, Will Out of Conspiracy. Uh, I've never listened to them, uh, but apparently uh, yeah, they, I haven't either. they had four records at this time. And he says... Great that their record is done, now we'll we'll be able to record with him. Took a couple years, but. Uh that brings us into Nothing Man. I don't have too much on this. It's uh uh it's a nice little sing along before getting your teeth kicked down your throat at the end of the set with the last two. Uh but I know this is another one I I, I kind of equate with you. Cause usually I've I've been to shows where we get this one.
3: Uh, nothing man yeah oh yeah I, I absolutely love nothing man it's uh that wrigley 16 grouping there with nothing man i mean she's just you know out in the open and you're singing along and it's, it's the beginning of the set it's like what the hell's gonna happen tonight uh it's a really really cool song i didn't like this one uh i thought this one's tough to describe. This is this is how I wrote it in my notes, trying to describe it to myself as I was listening to it. I thought he was a little flat in some places, but he didn't sound confident. And the way he phrases this here, it feels like the words aren't quite fitting the melody. And it's it, it feels like he's making up words on the spot. And that is not how this song sounds when he's on point with the vocals. And I just, I didn't feel like he was quite there with this one. I felt like it was a little behind.
1: Didn't notice that. Um, interesting you say that. And maybe that's because you sort of, Nothing Man, I, I you know, there are versions of Nothing Man that are pretty much, it's one of those ones that if you listen to one, you've almost heard them all. Because it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to screw up, I feel like.
3: Sure, sure. I think I think the big thing with Nothing Man is when you're there seeing it. That's that's getting where the it's crowd, the, getting oh, the yeah. crowd reaction. The oh, oh yeah. she like a, don't want him. Like yeah. a like a Wrigley 16 out in the open, right. man, at the ball.
1: And then you it, get the the it. lights, the lights that pop up during Into the Sun, it's... Into the Sun. Uh, it, that is a definitely a better live song than bootleg song. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah,
3: but I, I think my point on this one is when it is a little bit off, especially with a song that I really, really love, especially live. Uh, I I just uh, it just sours it for me pretty quickly, and and I don't know if maybe I just have a high standard for this song because again, it's not really one that you could screw up, and it'll sound good on a bootleg, and that's good. That's all you want. It's when it's live, when you see it, that's when the magic happens. But when it's a little bit off, uh, I uh, it was it was getting a little rough for me.
1: Um, your favorite's coming up next. I packaged these next two together because <laughs> uh, we can't talk about these songs enough, and we've had enough to say about these. I have I have like literally two sentences about the last two songs in the set. It's State of love and trust into porch. I, I, have, I, have, z- I have a sen-
3: zero. I have a sentence and a half a sentence.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, First, the sentence. The first
3: sentence is for State, and that is that Eddie is holding back. And that's what I was saying earlier, where that could be the downside of a night two. Uh, The band sounded amazing, I thought, but Eddie was holding back a little bit here.
1: Uh, I think I glanced over this too much. I think I was just saying we're not really going to talk a lot about State because obviously from what transpired last week, us saying... This has been something we've covered way too much, and we don't really have much more to say about it. Uh, you know, something as little as, you know, Eddie wasn't as in tune with the band on it is not something I'm going to catch.
3: Right, or right. It's yeah. not
1: something I was I was trying to pay attention to. I was actually trying to almost catch my breath listening, because it's, it's, a, it's a marathon to listen to, to, to bootlegs sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, what was your half sentence?
3: My half sentence is for Porch, and that is Bang 2003 intro, baby.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> talking about. I think we owe it to people to, to give it to them. I didn't have it marked down. But uh, even if it's
3: we... just a little bit? Yeah, okay, I think that's I think that's fair.
1: Just give them the intro, give it up to the point where they, you know, go into the down and into that.
2: Gotcha. All right. One, two, three, four. What the fuck is this one? Until you damn. Leave a message, at least I couldn't let you more, so the last time Daily mind to feel this be my time by you Would you hit me, would you hit me oh.
1: That is uh non-strummy porch. That is the way that porch should be played, and probably one of the last times they decided they they could play it like that. Not not only that, but it's it's a really great version of it too. And it sort of it reignites uh what I usually would love about the song.
3: Yeah, I mean I I feel bad. Because most of them are really great versions, and I feel bad that we end up trashing them because of a because of a fifteen second intro. But it's it, it's so
1: annoying, you know. And it's it's annoying, <laughs> and and it's all the time. One of the reasons why it is annoying is because I feel like the last couple of years, Porches has been in its spot, and it's been you know a set ender either or an encore ender and you know it you, you, it it's so telegraphed that once you hear that in the first thing that comes to your head is shit it it's the end of the set and that's that's why it's more of it doesn't sound good to me i i think it doesn't sound good but that's why it's more of a bummer thing and well, it, yeah and,
3: and when it comes to showing your cards this is not an interesting way to do it either
1: no no but you know it's one of those songs that they've had forever and uh
3: it turns into I, one g- where they do that intro especially i think for people like you and i you wait for that first course to be over and then you you wait for for the for the jam section to come in and that's that's right. what you you're you're almost trying to get through the beginning and I, I don't know if that would change if they did the original intro but you know, at least it wouldn't be like an eye roll moment for the first 30 seconds or so.
1: Maybe that beginning, though, is is not for us, and it's more for the people that are going to see them for the first time, and it's kind of, it's more showy, it's more showman, you know, and then, you know, once they actually say the lyrics, you know, for the people for the first time, they're like, oh, cool, it's Porch, it's a little different, but Porch needs to to kick your teeth down your throat, come on. I'm actually,
3: uh, I'm really happy with the with the love and support that we've gotten for our distaste of the intro of Porch. <laughs> I yeah. Can't, I, I can't I'm... believe most people who we talk to agree with that. I thought for sure there was going to be someone say, nope, this is perfect the way it is. They're perfect. They don't, this is, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but no, we've had most people say, yeah, this, this is, they got to stop doing this. So,
1: you know, you know thank what? Thank you. <laughs> You know what, though? I, I think a lot of it, and maybe we're rubbing off on people, because I think that Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> one of the big things is I never talked about that before we did this show. I never thought about it before Buckley came on to talk about it. Sure. I never thought about it as a thing. Oh, so and then once Buckley Buckley's said fault. he hated it, uh, what?
3: It's Buckley's fault.
1: I thought you said fuck baseball. I'm like, wait, we, Mets are on right now? What? No, we <laughs> no, we won last night. We did. Won't win tonight or any other them. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, uh, fuck, fuck baseball, but, fuck Buckley.
3: No, I love, <laughs> I love baseball and I and I love you, Buckley. <laughs> uh,
1: it, I I think I think people maybe it was already ingrained in their head and it was not something that they cared about until we said it. And then once we said it, they're like, oh, shit, you guys are absolutely right."
3: For for me, absolutely. I I was I said, yeah, yeah that's I don't I mean
1: that's right that's what we're here to do sort of either not change your mind about things but like sort of open your mind about things and yeah I think
3: I think if we hadn't done this podcast we might just be really really boring Pearl Jam fans because now we're starting to Well, now we're kind of, now we're kind of pricks though. We hate everything or we love everything. We
1: haven't seen a show uh, since we've actually started doing the podcast. So now like that's where, that's where things are really going to start getting interesting. Once we Uh, actually cover a show, cover a show that.
3: Yeah. I've said it before. We're going to go to a show and we're just going to have our nose turned up and our arms crossed the whole time. No, (laughs) no, no, no. This is wrong.
1: Oh or we're gonna say, <laughs> Oh, uh remember Camden two thousand three? They did it like that then. Remember that? <laughs> and then we'll go to the next person next to us like, Hey, uh you ever you ever see that show in uh Grand Rapids uh two thousand six? Uh yeah, they, they did uh, this Encore at the end. Yeah. And yep. it was the first first time they ever did like slow songs in the Encore. Yeah, yeah it was a great show. This
3: it really isn't anything new to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've heard hard to imagine before. It's okay. <laughs> it's alright uh oh they're opening with
3: they're opening with crazy mary big deal seen it (laughs) seen it covered it
1: (laughs) one night the thunder cracked my ass
3: (gasps) and we've hit the
1: low (laughs) uh all right this is uh this is a long paragraph i have here for all the things said in the encore but there's some interesting things
3: there's some stuff
1: Yeah, uh, Ed says there are a lot of signs up, and he should see what's being said. One sign says, can we play Rockin' in the Free World with you? He says, no, there's three chords, big fucking deal. Uh, the next sign he says, uh, he sees says slater Kenny Fan Club, and he says, big fan of them for those who opened the show, he, he loved that one, uh, they opened the show, obviously, I stumbled over my words, uh they had to cancel they said uh Slater Kenny had to cancel a big social occasion in order to be there. Uh then he sees a sign that says garden, which is probably referring to the song garden and not the venue garden because he says, "Yes, we're in the garden." Uh I thought that was funny. But you know what? It feels <laughs> like it feels like they should. That's something they would do is play garden every time they're in the garden.
3: Yeah, it's like a musical dad joke.
1: Right. I mean, <laughs> Uh, that's like when they play uh spin the black circle in places that have good you know good uh, record stores
3: or uh, what else there's another example there too super
1: supersonic in Seattle yeah or Oklahoma yeah. City yeah there are a lot oh man there's one that we're missing that that um rats oh rats yeah Rats in New York City Yep, rats in New York City. Oh, bunch of guys on Wall Street, a bunch of rats. You got rats at Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium. Uh, yeah, we can be on that forever. Uh, we could also then, vouch for
3: the rats at Shea Stadium. I think we had been there a few times. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure we saw some critters.
1: Uh, they were they were roaming around, especially at the end there. Yep. Oh, that that ramp
3: that ramp. I still have oh. in my
1: dreams, walking down that ramp at the end. Oof, God, especially in the red God,
3: seats. God forbid it rained. You'd be you'd be sharing the aisle with a, with some with some furries for sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> might get a black cat come your way. Yeah, <laughs> Ron Santo. Uh, we hear some leash chants after he mentions the garden part, and he says uh, he mentions a sign that says "Play leash, you pussies." Uh, he says there are fucking children here. You know, you cock sucking motherfucking asshole prick. He probably wouldn't use that first word today. I feel like that's a that's a word that gets left back in 2003. Yeah. He's, I don't I don't like using it either. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I am just He's grown. Yeah, we all have. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. We all have. And you know what? We learn from our mistakes and we we celebrate that we made mistakes. Sure. You know, not saying that it was right, but Un-
3: Unless the mistake was real bad.
1: Right. I don't think, you know, this <laughs> this wasn't Whatever no. he's he used the word a couple times back then. Yeah. Um. and he said before we continue, uh, before I continue, actually, um, I hate the Playlist you pussies" thing. I do. I yeah, think me it's too. like it's such a it's such a douche fan thing to do. Like you know, uh, play dirty, Frank. Playlist you pussies is just like it, it's people that I feel like are not appreciative of what they have and they want something out of them more. They, w- they want them to listen to them, essentially.
3: It's also just played out. You're not. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the guy with the vetter for president sign. You're not the first. Right. And unfortunately, you're not going to be the last to do that, but you're not and, original.
1: And that's why when they go on tour again, we're going to start the campaign for stop tagging with WMA. Play WMA in full.
3: Play it in full. That, We'd love to hear it.
1: And that's a little different. I think, and if they saw that, if they saw us with a sign that says play full WMA, they'd probably look at that and be like, "Oh, huh, that's a new one. Huh. Yep. Maybe we should do it. You should. We'll no, s- no, maybe. You should. You should. Uh, it says, okay. Okay let's uh i think i think we're good to move on uh before we continue i just want to say there's our fan club and most shows we have about a thousand to two thousand from the fan club that attend but last night uh there were seven thousand and tonight there are eight thousand and that um all kind of tied in together with that Hamdol show that we covered uh, a month or two ago mm-hmm. how that was an extra show because this these shows were in such high demand um, and it's amazing. 7,000, 8,000, 10 club fans that were there. That's
3: yeah. wow. Yeah.
1: That's a lot of tickets. So he says, there are times you hold up thank you notes to the people you work with and the fan club and the tickets. But with so many of you here, it's a good chance to say thank you to all of you. I'll go on to say that one of the greatest byproduct of music that has offered us, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing most of this stuff here, yeah. uh, it, by meeting musicians and world leaders and having great experiences, but one of but the thing of most value is reading people, reading about people that have met each other and become friends and lovers over coming to these shows and going to these shows is like going to a family reunion. Uh, and then he talks about a couple that are trying to have five kids and name them after every member of the band. Uh, apparently, they have birthed at this point a Jeff, a Stone, and a Mike. And he says they are, f- they are fucking right now to try to get a little Eddie. <laughs> and if they get, <laughs> and he says, if they get to boom, we're going to keep adding band members, we'll have a horn section, and that's evolution, baby. So that was, that was fun. Um, but he's absolutely right. That is one of the best things about this band. This is one of the, one of the real reasons why we wanted to do a podcast because people that are fans of this band it it is it is something different it it is like being a fan of a sports team or being uh, a fan of a certain movie franchise like star wars or uh or marvel um everybody's really into details they're really into the memories they're really into the eras and you know and when you get the chance to go to these shows and you see people that you haven't seen in a long time, and and you catch up and and you meet new people, it's really it really is. I the jamily word is is overused and overexpressed, but it really is. You know, it's a I different. Just, I just hate that word. The word is stupid. I just don't. Oh, the word is stupid, but it really is a different kind of people in your life because without even knowing who they are you know, in their personal life and what they've gone through, you kind of, you kind of have a feeling that they're very similar to how you've grown. Uh, cause you've grown with the band in the same way. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it transcends like, like a lot of things that people are fans of do. Uh, you just get really into it, but it's, it's not, you know abnormal it's it's music and if you could no, connect it's to not music a... that way it's a great course of course i think if you could connect to uh, you know um collecting cabbage patch dolls if that's your thing great sure. i'm sure you have i i'm sure you have a patch family or something like we got a jam, we got the jam fam you know right uh, the, uh, people go to model train conventions and that's what they live for every year it's what's crazy is that there are people out there that have no passion for anything and it's, they lead this miserable life. That yeah. does amaze me. Oh, yeah. could you
1: imagine just yeah. nothing? When I was on the online dating circuit and I would look at profiles <laughs> and oh, this boy. is, this is going on four years ago, probably. Uh, and I was looking <laughs> at profiles and you can just see like who, cause I wanted, I wanted to find somebody that was passionate about, whatever it was, I wanted to find somebody that was as passionate about something as I, uh, as I am. And I absolutely found her. So, you know, I'm, I'm very happy right. that and I didn't even
3: have to be the, you don't have to be passionate about the same thing. Just show me, you have, show me, you have a, a heart or a soul, or right? Something.
1: Right. So that you care about. And and a lot of, a lot of the profiles that you get out there, I don't know if it's a profile thing, but like, I remember seeing, it's like, so what are you passionate about? It's like being happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) it's not a real person it doesn't feel real to me you know
3: right Uh, right just smiling you cannot get more generic of an answer than that yeah (laughs) non-descriptive
1: all for all of you on on online dating right now uh i i don't know what to say to you i i just I wish you luck (laughs) because it's although I got lucky, uh, and it it can happen. Um, it it is a, it is a brutal, brutal nightmare. Uh, moving on. Um, how they start the encore. You got to hide your love away. Uh, I thought this was really good until the harmonica kicked in. And then it really, it really took a nosedive with the harmonica. I thought he was, he was off with it, and maybe this was at a time where, how many songs do they use with harmonica? This and smile, my oh uh, footsteps, maybe, footsteps maybe. Um, I
3: don't think it was that are, bad. I, you know it's a kitschy thing. Uh, yeah,
1: and those are songs they don't play often because maybe they they he isn't feeling he isn't feeling it on the harmonica.
3: Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it. The, you know I I don't think you could do the song without doing the harmonica, so. You know, oh, you have it to. A, it gets a pass for me. But, you know, seeing it live, it's. I mean, back then, I was probably listening to Help and Hard Day's Night all the time. I'm sure I was watching the movie Help all the time back then. Mm. You know, I was always going in the house. And, you know, even though You've Got to Hide Your Love Aways wasn't one of my favorite songs in the movie or on that album, uh, it's wildly unexpected. So, uh, and I, I like having another. Beatles song to add to my collection of seeing it done live by Pearl Jam.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, I I totally agree with you. Um, some of my favorite lyrics are in the song, uh, you know, everywhere people stare each and every day, gather yeah. around all you clowns, let me hear you say. And it, it's sort of like, it's sort of like a loser anthem in a way uh, without like saying that you're a loser. It, it's, it's, well, it's it's, it's almost. Sort of, what is? It? I, I don't want to use the word loser. Uh, it's like maybe maybe you have to like not show your full self so people. Uh, I don't. I, I think anyway that we're gonna say this is gonna not click at this point. To
3: me, I, it's, to me, it's kind of it's kind of. I am mine ish, actually. Okay. But maybe what you're saying is like hide your love away. It's a little bit the opposite where I am mine, I feel like, is more um really putting yourself out there completely and this is the could be the opposite of it. I don't know. I I feel it, like we're trying love, to come up with something really on the spot here, but I feel it's like, like, we're like
1: close. It's like love yourself. And love who you are, but, and don't care what everybody is saying around you, but maybe, maybe keep it away from them.
3: It's also got that kind is, of, it, that what a, do you call, what, what, what's the pirate, what do you call, I am mine?
1: Oh, the ocean stairs, alternative line what, what are they, line. what do they call da, that? Da, 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 uh, shanty.
3: Yeah. This sort of has that too. It's, uh, it's similar.
1: <laughs> Um. Mm, yeah, um, I I don't I don't know I don't I don't yeah. think it's that a shantyish bit, a little
3: bit a British version.
1: <laughs> mm. Now I gotta sing it in my head. No 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 I I don't know maybe it's like a uh, a pirate ballad or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, that was that was a throwback for all of you that might remember my. Uh, my appearance on Single Podcast Theory doing the, the I Am Mine pirate shanty. Yes.
0: Um,
1: I believe they stopped doing intros for that show because there was going to be nothing that, that topped it. So mm. just just want to throw that out there. That's just a tough one to talk. You know, I didn't say it. <laughs> uh, elderly Woman coming up next. Uh, good version. I think I was expecting more uh, aside from Eddie when, you know, kind of, I guess, uh, asking the crowd to do to do their part. Uh, and obviously, you know, he's going to get that reaction. But I, I didn't think that there was as much singing as I would have liked. And, and we'll see, I guess, three MSG shows from now. There's an excellent, my favorite version of Elderly Woman that I think had an amazing crowd participation in. Uh, and that was also in the garden. So, uh, and what I mean by three, two or three shows from now, it's two or three garden episodes. Correct. So that's I don't know July, whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah. What would you? What you, yeah, you?
3: This is. Uh, I had no notes on this one. This one's pretty run of the mill for me. Okay.
1: Yeah. I again. I think that there's a better MSG version of this.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure
1: where every, everybody's singing and everybody's in tune. So, um, This is interesting. I, this is a really interesting part right here, and I think this is where we can get into that set list discussion. Uh, Ed says, we'd like to try one that hasn't been played much on this tour, uh, and it kind of sounds like at first he's teeing up all or none, which he is, but then Mike plays Glorified G, and he mm-hmm. stops, and the fans... Immediately think, oh, that's coming up next. And when they kind of, I guess Ed is is like, wait, no, it wasn't that. They decide to kind of call an audible here and and go with glorified G because the fans kind of uh, uh, forced them to. They forced their hand a little bit.
3: The one of the the only thing I had written down for this in my notes was when they do start up with glorified G, you feel the crowd excitement swell to 11 and it's super poppy and it's super catchy. It's a fun, absolutely a fun version. I think, I think this was the, yeah, I mean, Mike is (laughs) Mike is playing the hell out of this intro here. And, uh, this uh, might
1: be my favorite version I've heard with the stone backup vocals and Ed doing the, I can, I can steal your heart from your neck. Yep. It was, I definitely agree. Um, so this is really interesting. Uh, this whole encore, again, on the set list, it's all just written. And it's kind of like, all right, this is on the table. This is on the table. This is on the table. So this is how, in order, where everything was. So you got to hide your love away in small town were the first two. So they got that under, got that off their chest. Footsteps was the next one that was listed. Smile, Leatherman. And then right here, they wanted to do all or none. Uh, You go down a little bit. It says Alive slash Porch, which I'm sure was there to say, you know, that's what we want to end the set with. And then there's Down.
3: Yeah, which Alive and Porch were also at the end of the first set, same place. So I guess they were going to say, whichever one we don't play here, we're going to play
1: there. Exactly. That's, yeah. Um, So then after that, this kind of feels like this section up until, you know... I feel like this is a grab bag where it's like, okay, any one of these we'll be fine with, and maybe that was Mike trying to say, I want to do Glorified G, so let's fucking do it. So glorify G
3: skip a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> right, so it would be, you know, All or None would come way before, I, I don't know if they were planning to do Glorified G after All or None, but uh, it goes a live porch down. Off he goes. Glorified G. Last kiss. Know your rights. Slight of hand. Fortunate son. Leaving here. Rocking Ledbetter. Soldier of love. Kind of on the side. And then its own little column at the top. They're they're two listed there. Evolution and animal, and evolution obviously got brought brought in. But man, this is all all over the fucking place.
3: Yeah. So the way I read it is Hydra love small town. Footstep, smile, leather man, all or none, and then it would have been alive. I think that was the grab bag for the first encore. Then the second encore would have been down, off he goes, glorified, last kiss, No, you're right, sleight of hand, fortunate, leaving here, rock and yell, Ledbetter, soldier. Yeah, but there's uh, no way Animal. that
1: they were going to do all those songs. Ex-
3: ex- exactly. So after after alive, that's the new set of grab bag songs, but they don't even stick to that because they go into what would have been the second encore and they're taking songs like glorify G and they're now moving them up into the first encore. So it doesn't become a grab bag of songs for each encore. This becomes just a free for all.
1: And there are 10 of these songs that they've listed here and that's not counting what they did uh, with the first set, which I'll get to in a second. Um, There are 10 of these songs that are listed and not played. So it literally could have been anything. If, right. you know, if you were chasing uh, Sleight of Hand, if you were chasing Off He Goes, then, you know, you kind of look at that and you're like, ooh, that's, we were close. And but, not, not
3: to mention they're bringing songs now, such as Down, into first set, which would have replaced uh, Nothing Man. So right, it's, uh, this is this is one of the wildest, sets i've ever seen written out
1: it's it's crazy and then given a the fly slash in hiding they went with given a fly instead i wonder if it's just it's sort of a feeling thing
3: this was a feeling thing this was a this is a to be. night two we're 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 gonna go with the crowd this night and yeah i, I can't believe we didn't see more confusion in the recording like this could have been a yeah mess. this could have been a, a real mess
1: it, it wasn't no it felt pretty fluid uh it felt fantastic besides, but I mean, this that, part I think was they the got only, lucky. I, before seeing this, uh, the setless picture, I I looked at glorified G into all or none. And I said, that's really odd. I don't like it. Cause why would they, why would they switch it up like that? But it makes sense. And usually I, I wouldn't like it like that, but it makes sense in this fashion that they did it this way. And, and of course yeah. he's, they're not going to throw out all or none when they basically were trying to tee it up.
3: Yeah. I, I agree with that too. Cause it's not my favorite song and it's definitely not one of my favorite live songs either, but um, it's played well. Uh, but the way it translates, it makes it sound like there's a lot of confusion between the guitars, bass and the keys. It doesn't sound cohesive when it's live. Uh, I thought this one was, and it's not even sloppy. It's just just the construction of the song. It just doesn't really sound that great played live. The problem is hearing it brings me back to listening to the album a lot. And that's a good memory. So it's like a catch-22. I wouldn't search for it, but I'd probably be living in the moment if I heard it again. And I looked it up. They, they did it MSG 2016. And yep. I'm sure I felt the same way then as well. But again, I'm not. I'm not searching for this song. It's it's a moment thing. Even though it honestly does not fit that well, and it doesn't. It doesn't really sound that good live, unfortunately.
1: Uh, this is only the fifth time at this point Ed, Ed would go into the song saying, "Here's uh, the rare one that we were about to play." Instead, got glorified G. Glorified G, by the way, real quick. Um, 2003, like deep. It was uh, the year that they brought back 5 G after six or seven years not not playing it since uh ninety six, so feel feel like I had to mention that. Uh but Ornun has only been played seventeen times. Uh twice in the garden which is pretty good uh for all you people that have gone to garden shows you've gotten this rare occasion twice um i think we need to hear it it i agree with you it's not my favorite version but uh when do we cover it again when are we doing that last uh garden show we have no idea
3: yeah that's true this and this is this is what we're here for
1: yep so all right here's uh here's all or nothing
2: So hopeless situation, and I'm starting to leave. There, this hopeless situation is what I'm trying to achieve. I try to move on.
1: That that uh, 2016 MSG show that you mentioned, I had zero ties to this when I heard it that that point, and I kind of hated that encore that it was in because we got Pendulum in that encore and getting mm-hmm. it, it feels like it feels like when you open up a, like a pack of Pokemon cards and it says like rare one inside and you get the common ones instead, you know what I mean? Like,
3: like instead of the Charizard, you get the. Uh... The jiggly buff. You get a... J- yeah, whatever.
1: Something, yeah, <laughs> you, along you, those you lines. Get,
3: you get the common foil card, yeah.
1: Right, yeah.
3: Um, I had to dig
1: deep for that one, man. That was good. Thank good you. Good job. <laughs> Charizard was the one. I had a Charizard. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... I had just no reaction to it at the time because it just... It was, it was a deep cut on Riot Act and although I knew the deep cuts on Riot Act, I didn't wasn't in tune with them like i am now if i heard it now i i bet you i would love it now yeah. uh but that night man i was almost bored to tears by it and this this version i thought was fine but you know uh i can look at it in, in a different light now that i know you know uh, now that i, I listened to the song more since going to that show
2: mm-hmm.
1: i can understand it better so to speak. Gotcha. Uh, I understand. But uh, yeah, not, they don't play it a lot. Um, I think it would make for a really good closer. I think it's, I think it's the type of song that it's a good movie credits song. You know what I mean? Huh.
3: That's Interesting.
1: Like, kind of, you finish the movie, and whether it's a high part or a low part that you finish the movie on, you play this during the credits, and the credits kind of roll kind of slow, and, you know... uh, Maybe this was in the credits for the Live at the Garden DVD, and Mm. maybe that's why I equate that. Okay. So, hmm. Not sure, though. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, All right, Evolution is here, and... It's not night one evolution, and I, I don't know if they chose it to try to recapture the magic from the night prior, but I really feel like they should have left it off because evolution from that night was so important that this was going to go get overshadowed no matter what. It's It sounds fine. It's just nowhere as close to as as enthusiastic as as it was the prior night. The stage isn't rocking. I
3: I think what happened is, definitely for me, is that I don't think the night one performance was anything crazy explosive, but I am going to be completely honest with you. Listening back to the bootleg, I couldn't help but compare. And it did fall a little flat for me here because... I I didn't want to compare, but I, I did, you know, and you had to, you had to, you had to. Um,
1: And especially for those that went to both shows, you know, when you got evolution again, you're kind of like, well, evolution from last night, that's the shade, the stage shook and that hasn't happened since iron maiden. You know,
3: I will say going straight into alive is this is, this is a, Madison Square Garden sized 100% the, 100% it was it was amazing that was amazing
1: oh. it has it has a big feel to it it has an yeah. arena rock feel to it absolutely okay um, so
3: so what does what does Eddie say here this is another kind of cheeky fun like lyrical switcheroo joke that he says he says something uh, about being the first man to do something to Stones underpants but yeah. I can't make out <laughs> what he says
1: was what his, the hell did he say? I know sometimes He's like, I'm he the says
3: first man to something, stones underwear or something.
1: I know sometimes he says I'm I'm the first man to shit my corduroy to, pants to shit my
3: corduroy pants to shit my pants to to, shit, to shit stones, stones pants.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It could have been. I, I remember hearing that too. That it kind of perked my ear, and I'm like, it's
3: not clear, but. Uh.
1: Oh, Ugh. she farted.
3: <laughs> oh, in Stone's underpants. She farted. <laughs>
1: uh, good. I mean, Alive in Madison Square Garden is going to be good no matter what. You're going to get the crowd really engaged. Uh, and, you know, we don't think about it because we cover it so much and so often. But, you know, that that hey hey part at the end like that's the kind of shit that you remember when you're in a crowd and that's you know when people have responded to uh to our show being this week that's the kind of thing that uh they said that they remembered from it even you know they could see alive a hundred times but how many times can you see alive in the garden and see that and get that feeling
3: I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that go to garden shows five. that aren't in the area, and they travel to the garden, but they can't do that every time they're here. And no, we're we're lucky enough to be able to see every garden alive, and even for us, it's still a incredible experience and an incredible moment. And man, to 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 be someone that maybe caught it once or or twice on a on a travel on a uh, when they're following or something, it's it's just got to be one of the most memorable experiences ever um and i will say uh, especially towards the the you're still alive part at the very end before the haze and stuff like that some of the best cameron drumming i've heard in this song he's doing stuff that he's doing these really poppy fills he's doing he's he's doing these stops uh amazing fantastic fantastic drumming on this on this outro from from mr MFC.
1: That gets us into the second encore. Uh, They are kicking it off. And unlike last week where they kicked it off and they spoke, not much talking here. Ed quickly says fourth quarter, it's tied and it's overtime, which (laughs) doesn't make any sense.
3: Not even a little bit,
1: (laughs) but I'm sure.
3: I'm sure it made perfect sense to him. And there was, he knew exactly what he was saying. It he totally was, went over my head, though.
1: He probably meant fourth quarter is over, and it's tied, and now it's overtime. Sure. Because that makes <laughs> sense. I the hell knows? Pearl Jam is always winning. They're never tied. Come on. <laughs> um. Yeah, this goes right into go. Uh, I feel like you probably have a lot more to say on this than I do.
3: Well, this is just, I feel like you always f- remember your first go or your first the first, I, time, the, remember my the, first
1: go. I remember my first go. It was or, better the, than my first stop.
3: <laughs> or just the you know, the the first time you remember seeing go. It's I mean, I don't know how you, you, you can't remember something like that. Uh but so what I was gonna say earlier was um that MSG show that we were at and yeah, so they did it at the end of set one, right? It was the set one ender. Right. So it was funny because I think we were both hit by it because it was, I don't want to say unexpected, but that's kind of the beauty of the song is um, it's not unexpected that they would do it, but you kind of forget about it and it creeps up on you and then it kicks you in the nuts. And
0: that—that's
3: that, what that's what happened here. You know, it's a song that I've had on repeat and you're into a, a second encore where maybe you have two songs, three songs maybe left, and they started off with Go. Listen, I think we were both expecting it at that 2010 show. It's still unexpected. That's just the song it is. And I remember they hit those notes, and I I specifically remember you and I spinning our heads and looking at each other like, <laughs> like, like we couldn't believe they were playing it, yet it's not unbelievable. That's the beauty right. of this song.
1: I, I, f- I feel like I went, for years i feel like i went for the next like two or three years thinking like getting go was 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 rare because it, it just felt you're chasing it it felt right. unbelievable yeah and especially because whenever we talked about that show you would always the first thing out of your mouth would be they they close the show with go and that make that makes it a great show yeah yeah and um
3: it was great and and that 2010 one was a fantastic performance too 2008 um, i think that's what uh, or 2008 right, right yeah right. 2008
1: yeah. uh and for all you uh wrestling fans out there it's go as an rko out of nowhere
3: 100 percent. you get that reference even i get that reference yes
1: yeah that's that's nothing that's... and that's
3: why we are still taken off guard by it even in 2008 2010 2016 2018 whenever Whenever they play it in the future, I think you and I will, will still spin our heads to each other like, I can't believe it when it's one of the most believable things
1: you could get at a show. It's that's just how it is. Sure, and I, the last time that we saw it, we saw it at Fenway, and um, even even then, it sort of felt out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and it came you, in absolutely. a section. It came in a section where there were just really good fucking songs. Oh. It was that and Rearview Mirror back to back. Uh, I forgot what was before that. What was, what was before Go?
3: Um, it,
1: um, um, um,
3: I'm thinking it was Go. It was...
1: It was after Crazy Dude, Mary.
3: It was Crazy... Oh, they did... Im- Wait, did they do... They didn't do Hydro... They did Imagine, right?
1: Imagine, yeah.
3: And Thumbing My Way. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm, oh I'm
1: going to look it up real quick.
3: No, it wasn't music. worldwide suicide was it
1: no 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 no, it was something like epic it was epic no shit.
3: because life wasted was later
1: yeah life wasted was second set okay it was comatose oh <gasps> really yeah it was crazy Mary comatose go rearview mirror rear, rear. like that's uh, comatose yeah. probably sounded
3: like shit though i'm probably gonna guess because like, uh, that's what it, yeah that, i think that, you <laughs> had something to say about it
1: i think you <laughs> yeah that's the one it's just we, expected we, now We talked about it where like a fan had to help him with the lyrics or something. Yeah.
3: Okay. I just looked it up. Thumbing my way. Imagine Crazy Mary. Yeah. Comatose go rear view mirror. Wow.
1: Like that. Wow. That's something like go in the middle of
3: those. First of all, get comatose after Crazy Mary's kind of surprising enough and then go and then rear. Yeah, that's I think I think that's just proving our point right there. Yeah,
1: 100 percent, 100 percent out of nowhere. You never know what's going to sneak up on you. Uh, Fight last me on three it, people. I told you.
3: I told you. I was going to say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> last, last three of the night here. He says this one is for Joe Strummer. Uh, it's been a, been a while since we did uh, know your rights. Um, I don't think it's one of my favorite Pearl Jam covers, but I dig it here.
3: I dig it here too. It was fun. Um, I just don't
1: really like the song, and I, I do love the Clash, but eh. Encore. Eh. It feels like. It feels like something better could have been in Encore 2.
3: It's kind of weird. And it's cool. It's cool because it's weird. But it's not really that cool here. And I don't really care for it.
1: You hate you hate the song. Actually, you know what? Um, looking at the the original set list, uh, there are two songs, two other covers that could have gone here yep. that would have worked much better. And one of them you hate. One of them you like. Uh... <laughs> leaving here in fortunate son.
3: Well, fortunate son. I mean, come on. Come on. I think fortunate son would have been awesome here. Oh, uh, wait. Well, you also you also got Last Kiss too. That could have gone here. Thank God. You would have re-
1: you would have remembered that. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh Yeah, and then it goes uh Rock and lead better here. I think the crowd is the crowd was really into rocking. That's that's no fucking surprise. But that uh, right. that a, a lot of they had a little fun before the uh, this the section before the final verse. It felt like they were really they were egging the crowd on to to really get into it a lot more. Like this is your last chance. Let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Which it I, felt like I, a good moment. I feel like that's a
3: a theme in rock and I feel like they stretch it out a little bit more and I feel like they. You know, that's where Eddie will do some walking around. That's where you know, He's got his walking around picks. money with him, you know, and yeah. <laughs> and he's, he wants to spend it quick uh, before the night's over. And yeah, and listen, I think it's the perfect song to do it. And besides, uh, yeah, you can't really do it in Baba though, because Baba's too quick,
1: right? Especially the way they played, it. it's like three or four minutes long.
3: Yeah, you know, with uh, with rock and you have you have plenty of opportunity to have someone. Crush a solo, and there you go. And also, and your, uh, your uh, thing
1: Sl- Slater Kinney did not come on stage and play with them. No, they didn't know. So I'm sure you were thrilled. <laughs> well, uh, back
3: then I wouldn't have known any better, but older, uh, wiser Matt knows now.
1: <laughs> older, wiser podcast covering bootleg show, Matt. Cyn-
3: cynical, cynical asshole. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am Stan uh, Marsh. <laughs> Your favorite Ledbetter closes out the night. Um, Mike. Mike doing Mike stuff.
3: Yeah. Now, I specifically remember this kind of being the moment where I, you know, seeing a lot of bands end with, you know, you see Chili Peppers end with Give It Away. You see this. You see that. You see. I, at the time, I did not understand this, this yellow Ledbetter at the time. I said... I don't really like the song. I don't understand why this is here, and I still don't love seeing it as the closer. But I mean, I get it now. I, I it's clear as day. I know why they do it, and as we always say, there are certain venues you go to where you have to play Yellow Ledbetter. It's a Yellow Ledbetter venue, and MSG is one of those venues, and this is a night too. You know it's coming yep uh but back then this was this was just weird weird to me didn't get it
1: but you know what it's 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 like a book you start off and you have your first chapter, and your first chapter kind of eases you into and it kind kind of tells you a little bit of the background of the story, and that's why you get. You know, a slower song like Crazy Mary at this point, and it kind of ends the same way. It kind of has to bring you down uh, after all. You know, the plot point happens and uh, everything happens to the characters, and it kind of has to give you the same slow kind of uh, outro that it did at the intro. And I like how they do sure. that because other bands don't think that way. No, why would they? Why, would they? why would they? Let's let's kick their ass to start and let's kick their ass to end it.
3: Hundred you know? percent. Uh and that's a. There's nothing wrong with that either. But no, it it you don't have to do that. Uh, I I don't think many bands have slower songs that could close a set though, as well as some of Pearl Jam songs. Pearl Jam I feel like have written songs specifically to do that. To where yeah. they, I mean, they probably didn't, but it just happens to be that they do work that way. And they take advantage of that, but I think a lot of other bands they're they're writing slower songs to be a radio hit. They're writing slower songs to fit a quota on an album. They're not thinking about ooh, this could be an ender, you know, because they're usually. I would go out on a limb and say typically they're probably not that strong of a song. Where with Pearl Jam, that's that's not the case. I'm going to throw something out there real quick, uh, which would have catapulted this to a. Uh, rating of a 10 for me smile was part of this mixed bag of encore might be songs imagine if they had pushed smile to the end <laughs> Ooh,
1: i know you love it it's yeah. only happened once i know it's only steve, happened uh, once
3: steve was at that one right
1: that was the one we covered yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, greensboro yeah steve, has, smi-
3: steve has smile ender. steve has steve has uh uh, Crazy Mary opener with me. Steve has, uh, uh crowd surfing Eddie Vedder during Big Wave.
1: <laughs> um, you're forgetting the most important thing he has too. He he has yield.
3: Oh, he's got yield. That's true.
1: He's got yield, and that's that's, that's... the thing I think I'm most jealous about.
3: Yep. 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 Because yep, that
1: yeah. that came at a time where I was also seeing the band. You know, I think Steve all... also
3: probably has what we consider to be the best black of all time as well.
1: Oh Berlin,
0: yeah
3: Berlin Berlin Black, uh, yeah. 100%. So yeah, Steve, you're my bro, but uh, fuck you, god damn it, dude. He's got a he's got a resume. Let me tell you, it's all luck though. It's all it's all the luck of the draw.
1: I was very eager to get him on live footsteps and be like, all right, put put your shows in, put your shows in. I want to see what you're. And he ended up with like 42 or something, and then I was just. I was aghast by some of the stats and seeing that he saw, like, Better Man 32 times. I'm like, that's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time to time to do this. Why don't I go first on this one? Sure. And you finish it off. Change it up, because this has been a you show. Less of a me show. I had
3: which, some
1: memories. I, I did have
3: some memories, yeah.
1: So... It, this was really fun to talk about with you. I feel like there was nothing but positivity today, and and sometimes when we're talking about you know oh this this song and this part of the set really doesn't work and this song and this part of the set I'm kind of like uh, you know that where where where's the good out of that? It's just sort of breaking down little petty parts, but and that's okay because that's what we do and that's fun discussion. But I loved that positive the positive memories that came from this from you and, 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 you know, knowing crazy Mary was so important to you. And this version was so important to you that I couldn't wait to find out how that sounded as an opener to the point where I listened to the other show, the Philadelphia show and, and, and heard it there. And I was like, you know what? This works. He was right all along, but I wouldn't want it. You know, I wouldn't want it as much. Uh, But and then there are other stuff. It it just like this show perfectly encapsulate what who you are as a Pearl Jam fan being this, you know, even if you don't have all these memories, you know, you don't remember every single song that's played. That's why in the middle of this, I said a lot of these fucking songs remind uh, remind you uh, me of you, you know, go. I am mine. Crazy Mary, uh, sh- shit. Uh, what else is there? Uh, I mean, those are those are the big ones. The Red Mosquito is one of them. Uh, even Save You and Hell Hell to an extent. Uh, but like that—that that sort of—that ingrains in your memory, and, and that's what you, you sort of take that your love. For the first time it, it's you never forget your first time and and you sort of take that love and you you share it along the way and it never goes away and I feel like you really got a lot of that back today and that that was awesome to listen to that was awesome to hear. Um, my initial thought was I wanted to give this show an eight. I'm giving an extra. five for you because I just loved listening to you talk about something positive.
3: All right, so eight point5. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. So you're right. This is, this is 100%. If anyone was curious, this is to the T a Matt set. This is, (laughs) this is the type of set. This is the type of flow. This, these are the type of songs that I want.
1: And maybe Um, is it because of, because of this show, you know, somewhere deep inside your memory. Is it because of this show? Is, is that the reason why you do want it? Why, why you do like the sets that way? Sorry, another robocall. It's my all, all, ninth all the during the show.
3: All the time. I think it's more because they just happened to hit eight or ten songs that I was absolutely obsessed with at the time. And when you go to a show and you hear songs that you are repeating, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And, um, and then you discover new songs and it's MSG and that's really exciting. Um,
1: this was very shortly after we went to that chili pepper show at M- MSG two, which was like, you know, a four month buildup. I think on our aim profiles, we had a countdown.
3: That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the one I did? I think, was it? Yeah. I had the blue hair for that one. Cause then I was, I was bleached <laughs> again for Randy Palooza.
1: What the fuck? We dyed our hairs for a fucking concert. <laughs> what the fuck were we thinking? Ooh. I had a Jersey made up. Dude, I remember remember, that jersey. I do.
3: I remember taking the one of the old ass uh, LIRR trains in.
0: Yeah. For
3: that one, yep. I remember, dude. I remember that like it was freaking yesterday, man. So, um, all right. But here's what I got to do. There are points in the show which, like I said, are really important to me. You know, I am mine was. You know that's that was a live moment that that got me to say I think this is what I want to do, and Crazy Mary was. It had an impact on me where I had to find out what the hell this song was. A lot of songs, like I said, have been playing on repeat in my headphones. And they played them all.
1: I feel like Anakin's about to turn here.
3: <laughs> but what I have to do is I have to step outside that a little bit. And I have to go, okay, but how is this show as a Pearl Jam show? Not, not as a show that I was at. And I got to say, you know, set construction. It is pretty damn perfect to me if i could give it a 10 for just set construction i would give it a 10 for second construction is it the best performed concert no not at all i mean crazy mary's okay uh, dissident was fine i am mine was okay get right okay evacuation was not good nothing man was fell flat for me State of Love and Trust he held back on. You know, there's a lot of stuff that really actually isn't that great here. But the set itself is fucking amazing. And I mean, light years better than Live at the Garden. I'm just going to say it. I I will take this set every day and twice on Sunday over Live at the Garden. Uh, So having said that, taking my personal feeling of actually seeing some of these things live... Having memories and just going by set construction, how they sounded, um, I'm gonna go eight. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, by
1: the way, that's the same rating you gave Live at the Garden.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I could go, I can go ten on this easily. Like this could be my first ten. But there's some stuff that is not amazing. I'm just I'm just going I'm just gonna say it. The set list is amazing. Some of the performances are not that great. And that's me just being completely honest. See, I I told you I was going to try not to be biased and I was going to try not to, to let my excitement get in the way. And I was very, you can let your
1: emotion get in the way. It's okay. That's what part of this is. Yeah. But
3: I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie and say like, Nope, this was the be all end all set. This was great. Everyone's wrong. This is perfect because uh, I mean, some stuff didn't sound that good. So uh, I got to be totally fair here. And, and, uh, yes, it was a very important night for me. It was a very important show and there were very important moments, but it wasn't perfect. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go eight.
1: That's fair. I, that's fair. Cause I, you know, my first initial reaction was eight, but I'm,
3: Set, but again, I, I'm, I just got to say it one more time. Set list 10.
1: So we have some stories here. Uh, apparently everybody loved these shows uh this story is from dave Depino. he went to both shows um uh he had a lot to say about night one that's something we covered it's in our archives uh check it out if you haven't yet um sorry we couldn't get to hear and tell the story for for that show i would have loved to to go on about that because he's got a couple paragraphs written down here you know uh a lot of stuff and i'm sorry that uh That all that hard work and effort is, uh, you know, can't pay it off on this, but this is a night two show. Uh, uh, But I will talk about his night two notes. Uh, He says, it was a much more laid back show, opening with Crazy Mary, was interesting to say the least. Then we got some rare ones, Whipping, yet I've seen this song lots of times. I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. Uh, Red Mosquito, Dissident, Given a Fly, Evacuation, uh, MFC, Deep, Nothing Man, State of Love and Trust, Porch, a six song encore, uh, finishing with a live and glorified G in the middle. Great encore, too. Go, no, you're right. It's rocking Ledbetter. Uh, as Eddie said many times, and I think this show was show two, these are the ones for the series collectors. I don't know if he said that at this show. He said, I, Rare one. He said, I think he
3: said it's now time for, for, for the rare slow song. Yeah. I, I think he meant the, the, the mood. Uh, I think it was more of a joke. Yeah, I don't remember that though. And I, you know what, I might be remembering when he said "rare one." I might be remembering that wrong too. I, I honestly don't remember.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he said. I would have remembered the serious collectors line because I, I love the serious collectors line. Um, but uh, to finish this off, don't get me wrong. Night two was a great show, but it doesn't even compare to Night One and MSG. I think that's a lot of. That's disagree. how a lot of people feel uh yeah and i that's totally understandable uh just because the dvd and they can go back and they can relive it uh you know but uh um, i think there are a lot of people that are in the boat that that say that night two is more their style and that that, that makes sense
3: that's what it is it's a style like night two is my style i think the set list is is light years better and um but listen I, f- that that's it. that's my style that's my style yeah, if, and, you know
1: that's totally fair because uh, they're both completely different I, this is a good one here uh this is from can't keep me down from portland maine <laughs> I like uh that. <laughs> i do think on paper night two might look better but it wasn't night one had these legendary moments harper on the uh daughter tag crown We've of thorns
3: s- seen harper before
1: Yep. Uh, stage bouncing during Due the Evolution, uh, the insane second encore. Uh, night 1 just had it. There was a good reason they chose to release it. However, Night 2 was sneaky real good. Ed commenting on how there were 8,000 fan club members in attendance and telling the story how fans met and become close friends and gotten married, the play P- Leash You Pussies uh, sign, a uh, great mix of songs, and he mentions Mosquito and Present Tense Nothing Man All or None a tremendous show, but they had a lot of work to do after night one. I remember leaving and hearing some guy complain at the amount of repeats they had played from night one Friggin' Pearl jam fans, man, you can't win. You can't please them all. You can't. And that, but that, that's, you know, that that's why we have a podcast. We try to please them all try to please <laughs> them all, but you can't, uh, all right, uh, this is a big story here. Uh, this is from Jim Scuiteri. Uh He says, all right, so I went back and forth with him on Messenger, so I'm going to kind of piece this together as best as, as I could because uh, okay. the story is in all different pieces. So uh, it says, the rock station WRKX 96.1. Do you know that station? No. Neither do I. I have no idea. Uh, I wonder if it's local to New York. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, he says they were holding a contest all December long called Santa's Big Sack. Funny. Ugh. <laughs> uh, that's that's the kind of sophomore humor that was around in the the early the early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Something I would laugh at in two thousand and three. That's for sure. Uh, so the contest was held all month long, two times a day. When you heard Santa chuckle, you had to be the 13th caller. By the way, that, that, that shit's a scam. They, there is no 13th caller thing. Uh, It's, it's whoever they decide to pick up the phone. And I've, I've literally been in a radio station before where they said 10th caller gets this. And the guy's like, watch this call, picks up the phone and says, hi, hi. Am I the 10th caller? No, you're nine. Sorry, man. Hangs up. The next caller. Hi, am I the 10th caller? Nah, you're 11th. Ah, so quick. Sorry. I hope,
3: I hope people don't believe that there is actual, there's an actual person counting how many people. No. I hope, I really hope people it's don't It's whenever they that. fucking
1: feel like answering the phone.
3: Yes. It's after they go take a piss break, come back, and they answer a phone.
1: Pretty much. Or they're just. Just just randomize them. Who, knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, so 13th Caller got his or her name in, in a hat. Once all the call-ins were done, the radio station threw a big party at a local bar. They gave away tons of little prizes like CDs, posters, gift cards, tickets to smaller shows, and this went on all night. The group of friends and my wife all won stuff, leading to the grand finale. Two tickets, airfare, hotel, limo, food, etc. The energy... Of the room Was through the roof all night And that was to this show uh, These two shows actually I should say That was all that stuff Tickets, airfare, hotel, limo, food Etc All for both shows So the DJ Pumped everyone up uh, For the last prize The DJ pulls out the tickets out of the sack And just stares at it and, And stares at it Everyone is dead silent I throw my fist up in the air and yell, "squittery" The DJ goes up, goes, oh, I, I get, okay, I, was, I read the story, and I'm like, what the fuck? So the, so he's just staring at it, he's trying to read his last name. Uh, and he knows right away that, that he's saying his last name because nobody, because it's spelled S-Q-U-I-T-T-I-E-R-I.
3: You can't, it's not Smith where it just rolls off the tongue when right. you read it. Yeah. So he's
1: trying to. That is squidward. funny. Squidward. So so he comes his fist up in the air immediately. It says, Squid And the DJ goes, yep, that's it. And his, him and his <laughs> friends all erupt. Holy that's shit. So, that's so awesome. That's
3: a great story.
1: I, I stroll up to collect my prize. The DJ asks, how'd you know it was you? And he says, I've seen that blank stare before, <laughs> probably from like teachers and yeah, all, all of that.
3: Oh, that's amazing. Uh,
1: so ch- there's a chapter two to this. Uh, and I think there's a chapter three as well. Um, who to bring to the show. That was, that was big. Yes. So he had his best friend since fifth grade. Who was there at the, uh, at the DJ thing. And at this point in my life, we had seen Pearl jam five times together already partners in crime. We were both just assumed that we would be going my wife, the love of my life, the mother of my children thought different. And I will admit I was 25 and dumb at the time when I was taking the, talking about the trip and brought up that Ryan, he uses Ryan in quotations. I don't know if Ryan can't be named, uh, was coming. I almost lost my wife, my daughter house and well, my life at that moment. (laughs) And I immediately replied and said, that was the best decision you've ever made. (laughs) So he came to his senses and, uh, and decided to take his wife. And he had one hell of a time on the trip. And, i'm gonna just try to read stuff here so we took the subway to the hotel to the limo to pick us up to the show it was an absolutely amazing evening with the boys in the garden it was something like 30 songs that evening with the second encore oh so that was night one he's talking about uh uh let's get into the poster fiasco that's this is chapter three So two things about the poster. It's supposed to be a play on Dick Cheney and the green machine. At the time of the show, the union, not sure which one, wasn't going to be able to be there to deliver and sell the posters. I never knew about this. Uh, That's not what you want to hear. No. And at the very last minute, some got into the arena. Some merchant stands had, had them and others didn't it was a very limited number. They were later sold through the website and not mistaken. I missed out, uh, if I'm not mistaken and I missed out on it at three different locations. That's, that's tough. I've never you know, heard of a poster story like that.
3: I remember, I don't know if it was this show or, or if it was reading, uh, oh, goodness gracious. Um, I don't know, but, I I remember there being some kind of hiccup with not every vendor in the venue having the posters. And I don't think it was an accident. I just think they have smaller spots and there's like main hubs for T-shirts, posters, CDs, blah, blah, blah. blah. Then they have smaller like, oh, here's a T-shirt stand. Here's this stand. Because I remember, I th- I'm pretty sure I was with Steve and we were looking for posters. When back then, I couldn't care less if I had a poster. Probably wouldn't have made it back to Long Island in one piece anyway because I was a stupid kid. <sighs> and it would be like, oh, this one doesn't have posters. All right, let's go inside. You know, I figured that was just kind of like a standard thing where not every spot, like in Fenway, now you walk down the street and every place they sell something that has to do with. With the Red Sox, there are posters in that stand. You know
1: everything. Yeah, every, every front has a poster. It, it's it's as far as the band will release a map exactly where to get posters and where. Not you know where you can't get posters. Correct. Whatever it is. So yeah, it, it's it's a different game now. Uh, but back then, I, I don't you know the po- I feel like the posters really started to come into form in two thousand and three. Uh, that's when. It seemed like every show was getting a unique poster of their own. There was only one for both of the garden shows, so that uh, uh, that Dick Cheney-looking green right. guy, which I, th- I thought looked like a character from Crash Bandicoot, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was sold for both shows, which I, I guess makes it even weirder that uh, it's got a, a higher rarity, mark on it or something whatever it is that that it was rare right that they had two nights to to distribute this and uh they kind of uh they didn't right as much so interesting
2: this is a public service announcement
1: Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveon4legs, that's the number 4 live on 4 legs podcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you want to miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know... Who you
2: are
1: so uh, yeah any show that you guys want us to cover that you're listening to the show and you're thinking to yourself oh you know what this was a really good show Uh, I want to hear people talk about it I want to hear people break it down I want to I want my happiness from this show to be shared and and uh, I want to share joy so shoot us an email at live on four legs podcast, gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter barely, but it's there. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are probably the t- top two. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. If you have a good story or a show suggestion that you want to send our way, please, you know, we're, we're open to lots of suggestions, you know, uh, we have a lot of stuff booked right now, but you know, pencils have erasers. We can always change things up, switch things around. However, there's something deeper. If you are more interested in coming on the show and talking about a show you've been to, we offer that service. But like some kind of other services that you have to pay for, wink, wink, we, uh, this is for our Patreon donors. Our, you know, we we give the service to our Patreon donors. If you give a little bit to the show, uh, whatever amount, it's, you know, it's entirely up to you. Uh, donate to the show and you get a chance to come on our show for an episode. Talk about your favorite Pearl Jam show that you've ever been to and see if, uh, and see how Matt reacts to it. Yeah. That's the most interesting part to it because, uh... <laughs> it's gonna have some cynicism to it so
3: unless you catch my my vibe like
1: like
3: like today's show today's show's my vibe
1: that is i think it developed your vibe that's what i was trying to say before uh but yeah patreon head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs uh give whatever you can to the show we give all back to the fans once they go on tour Uh, everything will, you know, be going into doing meetups and doing shirts for meetups and things like that. Uh, so, you know, donate what you can, do what you can, and we're going to try to give back as much as we can. And that includes having you on the show, talking about your favorite show and, uh, just talking Pearl Jam because it's part of what we love and part of what we do. Uh, speaking of Patreon, I know for two weeks we've been saying this, but we mean it this time. Easy Street is coming out. We're releasing it this weekend. We promise.
3: Yeah, I had a I was just telling Randy while we while we broke for the service announcement that I was having a scary problem with his track, but it is fixed now and now I could I can get it done. (laughs) I was like We can do it. How do I tell Randy we have to redo the episode and then I fixed it and we're good.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, that was that was recorded last week, but I know we said like on record store day we were going to release it. That didn't happen. That's a busy 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 person. I'm uh I'm just waiting on him. Uh and we got Sunday we're shooting for it. So if you're listening to this on Friday, uh we're shooting for it on Sunday. Hopefully we have it there and that's that's another thing you get from Patreon, the exclusive episodes. When we decide to do them, we're, we're going to do more stuff. We have more stuff planned that is hopefully a lot easier on the both of us. But uh, yeah, uh,
3: I, I like the ideas that, that we came up with uh, for Patreon episodes.
1: Yeah. Not just doing show like smaller shows, but sort of other live discussions and figuring out, you know, stuff that we're, we might not cover on an actual show, like debuts or that was the big thing we were talking about. Well, when are we going to go back to a show, a random show in 1993 where a song debuted for the first time? That might not be, you know, an all-time great show. Not might, might not be an all-time great recording, but if it's out there, and we can hear the debut of the song. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's something that, that we can do, and I uh, that's going to come at some point once we get Easy Street Records out. Uh, the first one I want to do is Ledbetter for that. Because that one, what ninety two or ninety three, really early on, yeah, when really, you
3: when you could really hear the difference, I think is what we want to go for. And absolutely, yeah, that one was that one was just bland, and we, <laughs> there there is a evolution there, and I think yeah. that would be fun to talk about.
1: Absolutely. So, all that stuff you get from Patreon, uh, we'll also send you a bootleg from whatever show uh we've covered that you really enjoyed listening to uh and next week next week's episode still from 2003 that's how good this year
2: is
1: (laughs) uh state college
3: oh that's big yeah that's right
1: save your time folks i know last week last week was only 27 songs and it was a three hour and 20 minute show next week is 37 songs yikes that's that's a lot
3: seven more than today yeah
1: that's a lot uh so we're gonna try and do that um plans for a guest to have uh mr bogle on uh gotta talk to him about that and flesh them out and make sure that uh everything is happening there and that we get it scheduled and and all that jazz. But uh, hopefully we're able to grab him because he's, he's been an awesome guest in the past. Uh, and that is all I got yeah. for today. I am so glad we had a lot of enthusiasm with this show. Uh, the Garden Series has been interesting to say the least with some, some highs, some lows, some I didn't think were... Uh, that we were going to have the opinions that we had on it, but, uh, you know, that's wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the first, at <laughs> you in the first show, uh, from 2003. But, uh, yeah, we're going to keep doing them. May is going to be night one of, uh, 2008. Uh, that was the last garden show that I didn't attend. You were at that one. So that's, that's an interesting one. Cause I don't really know much about it.
3: Yeah. Well, we'll they,
1: besides for they doubled up on a bunch of real random stuff. Uh, and then June, we're finally going to get into to my first show of all time. This is really... That'll happen the week of the anniversary. So that was really my plan for this whole thing. Like, how do we get to doing that, that show? Because that was probably the one that I wanted to do the most. And... Uh, want to we we have to do all the MSG shows it's important mm-hmm. and we get them all done and get people excited for all of them so and hopefully it has been hopefully it has been exciting hopefully uh, we've been entertaining hopefully we've been enlightening hopefully we've uh, uh, you know ignited debate and hopefully we've opened some people's minds you
3: you, you better like it it's, it's, it's Madison Square fucking Garden
1: i think now is time that uh we we close this chapter on the 2003 msg shows. so uh although this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already i miss you Ah, i stiffed you on that i was i was thinking about doing it high but should i I try it again
3: sure do it again. again yeah go all out
1: I miss you already, I miss you always. That was making up for, for it being part of the set, but not used in the set
2: list. There
0: you go.
1: So uh, for Randy and Matt uh, and the MSG series that we've been working on, and we'll continue for the rest of the year, uh, we'll see you next time for State College.
2: Bye. She had the time. When